You are now listening to The Lance Scurve Show, the boldest spot on internet radio. Welcome to another episode of The Lance Scurve Show. This is a show that I'm doing, not at the last minute, but I wanted to squeeze this in before the weekend was over. And I promised Nicole that I was going to do it. And, I, you know, I didn't even text her that I was going to have the show. But hopefully um, the alerts go out. And I didn't want to go at it alone and make it just something that I recorded because I don't know everything. <laughs> and I wanted to get the opinions of so many people that wanted to weigh in on this topic. I just want to say that I've been busy this weekend and I've been really, really busy. Um, the studio was coming along good. Um, the one in the backyard, the one that's four times as bigger as this room. And um, it's gonna be another couple months because I'm not gonna kill myself, I'm gonna take my time. I just wanted to give that bit of a um, update on that. But before we get into the show, I wanna say how happy I am to have my new scurve glasses. <laughs> so let's stick it back up on the head right here. It's a matte finish. You know what I mean? So it's not shiny. The only thing shiny is that you'll see is my head in the lenses, right? So I feel so good. I got my eyes back. I can't see good so far, but everything up close I don't need it, need it for. So I'm good. But we do have today with us Mr. Pirate Brain. Before I say anything, though, uh, and introduce you formally, which I, I guess I am now, right? Where'd you get that name from, brother? Yeah, well, well, or how did you make it up? My, my, yeah, yeah, my name is David Moore, but I got it when I was uh, when I had my record label, and it was Liquid Brain Records. But okay. Yeah, yeah. Holla, Natasha, records, so. simply nameless entity. Go ahead. I'm just calling out names in the chat room. Uh huh. I'm just calling out names in the chat room. If you hear me say names, you know how I do. What I did was I started uh, doing bootlegs, you know, getting uh, like all Earth, Wind, and Fire records and remixing it into a house track. Okay. Like that, you know, or, or uh, LTV or stuff like that, making house tracks out of it. And so I started releasing them on vinyl as white labels, and I figured the best way to, to hide in plain sight, you know, so I just put Pirate Brain and all of my bootleg uh, recordings went out like that. Wow. Okay, well, there's a history behind it. I know it just could have been something that you, you know, picked off of a out of the cereal box or something like that, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> pirate Brain came because somebody stole my name, Pirate Brain, on YouTube. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so I said, so you okay. see. well, I'm, just, I'm older now, so we'll just call me Mr. Pirate Brain. There you go. But you're the real one. You will have yeah. people copying you. You're always going to have that. Wow. You know, today, and we're, we're going to jump right into it, but I just want to give a little time for folks to come on in. You know, I didn't even share this link. For everybody who's listening, please share the link on Facebook. <laughs> I'm going to do it from my end, but I'm not on Facebook as much in the same way. Um, many of you will see that I'm not maybe on your friends list. I didn't unfriend you. I just have a different name and a whole different page. So um, hit me up on Scurve Media or in the text, and I'll throw you back in. You know what I mean? So don't take it any kind of funny way. It's not like that. I have much love for the people who support me and follow. And I have much love for the haters too. You know, at least they come on and check things out. It keeps me afloat. <laughs> wow. But there's been much talk, man, about uh, Donald Trump and the Section 8 cuts and, and people, you know, just welfare, Section 8, food stamps, this, that, whatever. And we know that it's not just black people that are on it who will be effective, affected, effective. Yeah, it will be effective soon, right? 
but it's 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 the majority whites, right? But one one thing that I found out, and there's going to be a lot of controversy with facts and statistics because we know when we listen to the, these mainstream, so-called mainstream outlets of propaganda, that um they can bend the facts and make it appear to be something that it's not. Have you ever years ago saw that photo that had a line, a straight line, going across from left to right, right to left? And below it, parallel, there was another line going from left to right, right to left. But the top line had uh, uh, like an L-shape, like an arrow that faced in, and the top one had two L-shaped kind of arrows connected, facing out. And they asked you, which line is longer? And so... You said the one on top because you saw the ones with the arrows. It was an optical illusion. And so this is how they do it because in, in the so-called mainstream media platforms, because we don't really do the research ourselves, and they cause us to get emotional, you know, and, and this is evident, especially with many in the white, white community, when they see this terrorist stuff, right? Oh, yeah, they're Muslim. They got to be terrorists. But then white men with guns in America are the ones who are doing more killing than anybody else. But they'll have you thinking about Chicago, where a certain area and areas, they have a high number. But then again, you know, those guys are killing because they're animals. No, if they had more jobs, more opportunity, right, it wouldn't be that way. But these other white men have jobs and opportunity, right, and have status and they're doing what they do. So they could slant things. So we have to suffer through this from the propaganda that's put out, and a lot of our own people believe it, instead of looking at it from different angles. We just take it as it is. You know, we take that cup of milk and just drink it, and we look at the bottom and see a fly in it. Now we want to get mad. You should have just took that cup. You should have been there, make sure the glass was clean, make sure that the milk was good before, which you shouldn't be drinking milk anyway, right? But every step of the way, and who is the one bringing you this information? Why are they bringing you this information? Are they telling the folks on the other side of town the same information? Or are they slanting it different so now you are going up against each other based on race, based you know, color, nationality, religion, sex, men against the women, foreigners against Americans, or who call themselves Americans because most Americans are not Americans they, 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 they come from somewhere else. We came against our will. And when we're here, we're catching hell because we're not running things. So understand when you absorb something, you got to know where it's coming from and why it's given to you that way. Not only that, but just like a stomach, you keep eating and eating and eating and eating. Your stomach gets blocked up if you're not eating good food. You got to take a purge. You got to get a clean out. I'm not just talking about the X-lax, Right? But you got to get away from that type of food and really clean yourself out over time and meditate and come back into what you're supposed to be. Because our minds are not even ready to receive information properly. So even if something proper was brought to us, we might reject it. So we're screwed up and we have to take account for that. That even when you know that you're conscious and you're not screwed up, that you can still be screwed up. Because your handling of all the stuff here in America that's toxic. They talk about the Franken food, the Frankenstein food. Well, information, these spirits, and I'm going to shut up in 90 seconds, but I have to say this. The spirits of people, those of you who are so stupid 
and want to say all that stuff, that church stuff. I'm not talking no church stuff. I can't tell you the last time I set foot in a church. Well, I think it was a couple months ago because a friend invited us. And I had a ball just looking at the spirits jumping around. Right? But that's an element that exists. And if you're a black man or woman, highly melanated, and you reject that, you are straight stupid. I'm not talking about any particular religion, but the spiritual realm. You have a spirit. You're moving your body. Your body is dust. It's going back to the earth. No matter what you follow, how stupid can you be to think you are your body? And we don't put anything else in us to ascend and go to that next level because we're so caught up in the body. So when the body dies, we die because we don't have enough strength to deal with what's thrown at us on this, in this world. But the worst is coming. This world is illusion. But the worst is coming of this illusion. Because they don't care about us. And like Brother Holler, Brother Husky Jones said, he's been telling people about this stuff for a long time. We're not like the people out here uh, with a sign down in Times Square or Main Street or the busy part of the city. Oh, but you're doomed. The world is coming to an end. Somebody's world is coming to an end. And you better let go of that world or you're going to come to an end too. Because like I like to say, there ain't no bird or, or no fly or no insect or no worm or no ant. They ain't worried about no damn stock market. But they're eating. They don't care about that. But we're the ones hooked up to this system and so worried. Oh, the rent's going to go up. God never raised the rent on no bird. Did he? Well, you've been here for millions of years and your people haven't paid anymore. You know what, what rent the bird has to, has to pay? Let me tell you. Birds pay rent. Come on now. If you lived on this earth long enough, you know how birds pay rent. If you don't know how they pay rent, wear something white and go to the cookout. The birds will fly and they'll drop something on your shoulder and that's how they pay rent because the feces they make go into the earth and replenish the earth and make it better and easier for a plant to grow to keep the earth going. Even in them doodling, they're adding on to the system. Some of us eat so bad, our crap isn't worthy to even hit the dirt with, that we came from. But anyway, we're going to go back and we're going to talk about this subject. <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, wow, I'm off the chain today. I, I told you I should have got another hour and a half of sleep. When I'm like this, you know, I think I'm looking raccoonish right now. Not coonish, y'all, but raccoonish. Little dark circles under my eye. Oh, it feels good to get the glasses back on my head. I feel whole again, whole and complete. You know? This is my wig, man. For real. Like that old church lady that's, that old church lady that's hot, sweating, and it's, they got the AC because she got the wig and the hat on. Right? Sometimes she take that hat and the hat stuck to the wig and the wig comes off too. She's like, whoa. <laughs> but listen, the Trump Section 8 cuts. So you still think that you don't need a man now. I don't need no man. Now listen, first of all, this show is not ba about bashing black women. I didn't put that in the title, but I'm kind of concerned. Not for them more than anybody else. But that's what I got to deal with in my community because those are my sisters. Kudos to the sisters who, who, who are conscious and who are gainfully employed or, or, or doing their legal hustle and some who are doing the illegal hustle. But you're moving. Life is movement. 
You got to keep moving to keep up, even in this divine system. There's something required of you, even if you crap on a few people having a cookout under your wings. You have to add your piece on to the system of this earth. But there are many people out here, and again, let's say this straight, but there's always going to be somebody who comes in the, in the comment section of the chat room, why you talk about black women like that? Because I love y'all and I care for y'all. Even though many of us, Mr. Pirate Brain, as we said before we even got on the show, and you asked me that question, you said, listen, Lance, are we going to make it? What do you feel about that? And I'm going to be real. I love, you know, to go outside and play, but if the weatherman tells me it's going to rain outside, I'm going to make sure to take an umbrella. And so there are many of us who have been saying things for many years long before I came to this earth to black people, but it seems as though they don't want to heed. Doesn't mean you have to change and go to some religion or some of this and, oh no, sign up with this pyramid scheme or do this. Or do, because you know what? First of all, black people and some other people. And people say, why does it have to be just black people? Well, if I spoke to you on my platform, you ain't going to listen no way. You'll peak, but you ain't giving me no credit. A lot of the mainstream media platforms come here. The government keeps my numbers down to discourage me. That just fires me up even more when you tell me what I, that I can't do anything. Anybody who knows me, if they, they know, tell Lance he can't do something that he wants to do. I'm going to do it more. That, I'm crazy that way. I'm crazy that way. I'm like this retarded dude that I knew that he felt slighted by the bus. It was a dollar to get on the bus. He believed that he put a dollar and five cents on the bus. He got off the bus and realized that he was a nickel short. He probably dropped it somewhere, but he thought the bus slighted him of five cents. The bus was going fast and sometimes it stops and it goes, but you really can't keep up with the bus. Would you believe homeboy ran after the bus down the whole route? I mean, he, his clothes were all over the place. <laughs> man, you, you owe me a, you owe me a five cents? Man, you took my five cents? What? Negro, you crazy. <laughs> no, but for real. See? And, 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 and so many of us, we're not listening. We don't think. But first of all, I, I'm going to say it. I, I don't care. I love you and I love who I am and how, how the creator made me, right? But most of us are out of our mind. And I know people say, Scurve, you're a smart guy. I've done some dumb things in my lifetime too. Stupid things I, the people who know me, they know, right? I'm like, oh man, remember back in 1987, 1988? I don't know why the hell I did that, right? But we don't always put our stuff out there. And that's the beauty of social media is that most people put the good stuff. Social media is like the club. By the time you see a chick put a selfie up, you know she took about 150 selfies. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I got to shave that chin hair off. Oh, my bags look bad. Oh, put the light on a little better. Oh, let me lay on my back and push my breasts up so the face falls back. Oh, get this angle, that angle. And they got to pick from it. Then you got to put it through the whole Photoshop process. To take this out and take that out. You already got makeup on. You already got the lighting right. You already got the boobies pushed up right. 
Now you got to put it through Photoshop and change it. And by the time you meet that dude who fell in love with that profile picture, guess what? He looking for you. You standing right there looking at him like, what's wrong with him? He looking at you not even recognizing who you are. Right? <laughs> so, so, so we out of our mind. We're not even able to receive certain things. So on the premise of that, I believe that unless we want to break out of what we've been taught all of these years of our life, and we know we've been taught lies all our life, and it's hard to go back and realize that, you know, there were mistakes made, and it's not our fault, really. That's why I love you all, because it's not your fault. But it is your fault when you hear something and it resonates inside of you, and you don't make the changes. I'm 54 years old, y'all, and I'm still coming out of the funk. I'm learning things up to this day. And it's, it's not a happy feeling that I could have known these things back at 14 and 15 and 16. And yes, my parents put me ahead by the way they taught me. But they didn't even know what was coming. See? So it's up to me now that I have the baton to run with it, not stand there and say, I got the baton now, they ran the race. No, you got to still keep on running. It's harder to hit a moving target. And I'm that moving target. By the time you focus on something that I did two and three days ago, while you wipe the stuff out the corner of your eye, I'm in the street doing something or home doing something or writing an article or drawing a picture or doing something. Keep moving. So when, I, when, when you ask me about that, yes, most of us I see right now from the movement that I've seen or lack thereof, most of us are doomed. Yes, some of you successful ones, successful on a, on a world account, you're doomed. I'm driving a nice car, living in a nice home, and you stupid as hell. And don't know what needs to be done in your own personal life because of what's coming and what's going to happen. It can't go on like this. How, how many of you have been in a relationship and you say, you know, I can't take this. This can't go on. And the person you with is still beating you and bashing you or using you, abusing you, cheating on you, doing whatever to hurt you. And you feel like you can't go on another two weeks. But two years later, you still there. And that makes them more arrogant. Like, yeah, see, you've been saying this for two years, but you had more in you than you thought you had. So that's why you stayed in it that long. But still, we all have a limitation. So when the time comes, when they come home and see everything gone of yours, leave their stuff. Don't take their stuff. They don't believe it. They're in shock. But you've been telling them this all along. So I'm through within my path trying to convince people who look at you to share basic knowledge. I don't know much, y'all. I'm not a lettered man. But there's some lettered men out here who I'm looking at like, you're supposed to have some kind of degree in what? Well, look who the master was, who taught them. So, so what do you expect? Do you, do you expect some real divine information coming out of somebody who's a trained monkey? Right? Which that information is good if you use it for your own. But we're the only ones trying to go right on back. Like the slaves who left the plantation got out there and said, damn, what we going to do? How we going to make it? Turn right around and go back to the same master plantation that we came from. Now he's mad because he got to pay you, but he's paying you next to nothing, doing the same stuff to you. And on the plantations today, that's the same way they treat us. And we're too dumb to go for ourselves. We bragging about being up on somebody else's, uh, 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 I'm chairman of the board of so-and-so and so-and-so. This is my company. You're not, it's not really your company. This is not really your thing. Yeah, we built this place. 
But we didn't build nothing for our own. So yes, at this point, dependent on the system, and we don't have nothing. Where are the black toilet paper companies? Don't don't you wipe your backside? Don't black people wipe their butt? Where are the black toilet paper companies? Where 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 are the black uh, feminine napkin companies? Feminine products? And the things that are not even necessary, hair, Koreans, Asians, nails, we spend more money with that. And our coochies are not clean like they should be. People go, oh, something going on in my legs, please take me to the hospital. You know what I'm talking about, I saw you yesterday. Anyway, um, that was a kick. Y'all won't, you don't know about that. But um, I'll do that sometime. But yeah, we're doomed, we're doomed, and it hurts me. Because we're being also written out of history. Written out of history. Here in Orlando, Florida, much, most, most of the history is, is the real history showing how this man treated us. Here is being written out. It's not documented by anybody. Yeah. Yet and still things are replaced. This is Disney. This is Universal. This is Orlando. Welcome. And African blood soaking up and Native American blood, blood soaking up the soils. Look at the pretty tree. They don't tell you 200 years ago how many Africans were hung on that tree. Maybe, maybe 40, 50 years ago. Maybe two weeks ago. So we walking around thinking we're included. Exactly. We, we, we walk around think we, we're, we're included. And we're not. We don't, we don't have nothing for ourselves. But um, that wasn't the topic, man. I'm, I'm, I don't know where this came from. I mean, it's like, it's like you turning around and looking. You're in the restroom and you see a piece of corn. You're like, I ate corn last week. Where'd that come from? So, yeah, let's get back to the subject. <laughs> well, I mean, but it makes a lot of sense what you're saying because if you look at uh, um, Motown, for example. Avery, Motown. Atlanta. Yes. You, you take Motown. Everybody, uh, uh, you know, Park. Motown. You, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. If you if you grew up on uh, on, on Motown, in mm-hmm. our age anyway, you grew up on Motown. Right. Well, after Stevie Wonder uh, helped to get Martin Luther King's birthday uh, uh, legitimized, let's just say, by white people. It, it, they got mad, and they said, okay, he won, he got this thing done, but we're going to shut it down. And what people didn't know is they were mad because uh, uh, Barry Gordy sold Motown, and even Jesse Jackson called him up. And Barry Gordy had to say, look, man, you know, they stopped paying me on my records. And, and that particular record, the Happy Birthday record, sold so many millions. Right, and right. And they did not pay him his money back, and they were still asking for more because it was still selling. And he had to sell the, the uh, record company because it was his company. It wasn't Black America's company. It was Barry Gordy's company. And he had to take that money out of his pocket right. to pay. So what, what wound up happening is he had to sell And the moral to what I'm saying is, Black people, like you see all of these black guys, you, you know, like uh, Jay-Z and all these guys, yeah, they got their record labels, but here's the thing. These guys have to push the white premises agenda, even though you might not see that they're doing it, they're pushing it because they don't own distribution. They can be shut down at any moment because the white folks own distribution. They are getting uh, all of these uh, things like Adidas, things backing them up. But that can, as you see with uh, 
with uh, people like Bill Cosby and Tiger Woods, that could be shut down in a heartbeat, you know? So then here you are, you're broke. The only one that, that owned their stuff that I can think of in recent history was Prince and Michael Jackson, and where are they now? Where are they now? <laughs> and, and I'm not going to make any statements, but you, I'm sure your listeners, they're intelligent enough. They know what, what, what the deal is. You saw how they tried to beat Michael Jackson down all along. Do you think if he was sleeping with them young boys that he would have got off? No. What happened was is Michael Jackson was so arrogant, he felt that he could continue having these kids over to his house, even though they were for benevolent reasons, but he didn't realize that they were trying to get him. The moment he bought Sony's publishing was the moment he became a dead man. He didn't even know it. He was the walking dead. You buy the Beatles publishing, that's it. You're not supposed to have that as a black person. That's right. You know? And and, and like to what we were talking about earlier about this uh, Section 8, see, I think a lot of mistaken is some people not going to like what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, we bought into, and especially our women bought into this thing of, uh, of feminism. Feminism was never meant for us. It was for white women. And, but they use black women in it because black people are warriors. We're good fighters. When we fight for something, it usually happens. You see what I'm saying? We fought for the civil rights. It came through. Every time there's a fight going on, they want us to step in. Like as soon as they was getting ready to end, put the Muslim ban on, they wanted black folks to well, you're brown too. But, you know, when we were getting shot up in the streets, and we still are, did you see any Mexicans protesting en masse with us? <laughs> no. They weren't protesting nah. us. Oh, well, you know, it's sad what's going on, but, you know, y'all need to go protest. They ain't going to protest. But now, you know, that Trump's kicking their asses out, you know, they want us on the front lines protesting with them because they know that we get stuff done. And black folks, we was never meant to have that. Uh, we was never meant to be in that whole uh, uh, feminist movement. Black women bought it, and on top of that, white women and black men made it very enticing for them to join. Hey, well, look, you know what? We'll up it so you can get a whole lot of money when you have kids out of wedlock, and we'll, we'll make it even better. If you want to leave the man, hey, you know, you can get a divorce. It don't matter what happens. You can just say you were tired of the marriage. You get a divorce, we're going to give you alimony. And then if you can't make it that well, we'll give you welfare. We'll give you Section 8. We'll give you food stamps. We'll give you all this shit. So, and then we won't give you much education, so you left stupid, and then you go, well, I don't need no man. And, and if you really stop to think about it, you realize we do. As black people, we need that family unit more than white people do because we live in, in a foreign land. And, and, and people say, no, I was born here. I, no, look, let me tell you something. When I moved to Argentina, I lived there for almost six years. And I realized I was in a foreign land. And I, but I also realized how screwed up things were here in America. And most, you hear most black people, we live in the greatest country on earth. No, we don't. 
And if we do, go move somewhere else. I'm not going to say I want to live anywhere else, but this is not necessarily the greatest country. They're all different. And when you move back here, you realize, as black people, when you come back from the outside, you realize you are refugees. You ain't lying. Yeah. And, and really, really, on most accounts that I'm hearing from, from people that I talk to from all over the world every day, I'm out there in the street talking to tourists and finding out what kind of countries they come from and, and stuff. Most of them, they're like, yeah, we had a good time, but we really came here for the low prices. <laughs> and we're buying up all this stuff and sending it back. When you see these Brazilians... And anybody who works in hospitality can tell you when they come here, they go on shopping sprees like crazy. You know? That's what I did when I was yeah. in Argentina. People came here, came back to Argentina with American goods. Man, look, if a television was $400 here in America, it, it, it was $1,000 in Argentina. Yeah, and then, and then they can't wait to get back because they, they'll, say, yeah. they'll say something to the effect where we had fun, but... There's no place like home. This place is dirty. This place is, you know, the quality of living here is just the people have attitudes and they're rude. This is why when you come into a tourist uh, area as a person who lives here and you see all the plastic smiles, you're like, everybody's happy here. This is not the real America. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you have to work so hard, man. When I was in Argentina, sure, I worked hard, but on the weekends, I got to spend time with my friends and family. Here, you don't get to do that. You don't get to do that. You got to work so hard that on whatever free time you got, you, you want to get some sleep. You know, and that's why families are so stressed because they can't afford to go to go out to dinner. In Buenos Aires, man, there was nothing for us to go out to dinner. You know, here, it costs money. You know, it costs money to, to, to go out. And then the food is not as good. When I'm Woo! Let me just say this. Let me just say this. I had my mic on mute. Man, the lightning is dropping around here, y'all. Now, I'm not going to end it. But that's, you know, I, you didn't hear it because I had the mic on mute. Um, if this show just cuts off all of a sudden, it's because something close by got hit. And pray that it's not me because I got like... I got like a whole two houses worth of electrical things going on. Now I'm scared. No, but I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I trust. But um, I don't think so. But it, like I said, if, if it just blanks out, it's going to stay blank. <laughs> I'm not going to try to put it back on. I have a lot of stuff here. And if it cuts off, it just cuts off. But I'm just letting you all know that that's the deal if this happens to happen. Because that last one, it, it hit maybe like half a mile away, which is loud enough if you know. But um, so, uh, Central Florida is the lightning capital of the United States. There's more stronger strikes, frequent strikes with every little rainstorm. And it rains here every day oh, for the most part. Well, and we, and we need it too. There, yeah. yeah, I remember when I was down there. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it, I, I remember it would rain at a stop sign and I turned the corner and it'd be sunny. And then I looked through my rear view mirror and it's pouring down rain. <laughs> yeah, but it's you know, crazy. I think a lot of women, of black women, um, are going to have to change their philosophies on how they're, they're going about doing things. You know, um, one thing I always taught my daughter, you know, I was like, look, you know what? You can say black men, if you have a, a child, you need to take care of the child. But as a woman, you need to take care of your body and not give somebody access to your body that 
is not worth is not worthy of it. You know, because at the end of the day, when you get pregnant, it's going to be on you. And maybe that's not fair, but life is not fair. You know, like life isn't fair. That's right. That's right. And then there's a lot of black men that don't want to marry black women now because they're watching what's happening to our community. You got so many men that their lives are destroyed on child support. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't have it coming. I'm not saying that. But when you see so many men where they was with a woman, maybe they thought they loved them, and then all of a sudden their whole life is ruined for 18, 20 years, a lot of black men, especially with women that are saying, because you don't hear the nice women. I'm sure there's very nice women out there, but you don't get to hear them. All you hear is those angry voices. You know, you like like we were talking earlier, uh, this one woman that I hear on YouTube all the time, she just spews venom. And then when you try to say, hey, I don't agree with that, instead of having dialogue, she blocks you. She don't want that. You know, you don't get to say this on my channel. I'm like, okay, well, just go ahead and keep talking to the preaching to the choir. You know, that you got to draw new thoughts in in order to That's right. the thoughts you want. That's right. You know? That's right. So, so so, so with with um things as they are, and um, wow, you heard that one, right? Yeah, yeah, heard <laughs> you heard that one. That other one, though, you would have heard it loud. So we'll we'll just leave everything open. Um, we're not saying that the majority. We know the majority of those who are um on this assistance are not black. We know that. Um, but I lean toward focusing the message on those who are, you know. Not because we're saying that they're the majority or they're worse or lower than anybody else or nobody else's agenda, but I want to focus on what we have to deal with. It's like when you get those couches from the furniture store and it may not be the furniture store that's the most pristine or one that has the highest quality. They say there's leather wherever the body touches, meaning the back doesn't have none, down the side doesn't have none. So we're focusing on the part that touches us, right? And, and that's, what, that's what I really want to focus on. So in our communities and with our sisters and brothers but for the most part you know many of our sisters may have this attitude um in a way where speaking out of pain they'll just say i don't need a man i don't need a man i'm doing this all on my own again i'm not saying this is everybody but for the god did you hear that did you hear that one well no it's just it's just very important you know that when we do the work that we do and we engage in the things that we do, that we realize that it's, it's not us. There's a calling in your life. There's something that you're being drawn towards and pulled to, and it's, it's, it's of a divine nature. And so when you start elevating your mental and you start removing the carnal from a situation and assessing, like, wow, my people really are not in a good conscious state, there's a whole lot of false consciousness out here. But when you're in a conscious state, you can approach your brother and sister and have a, a peaceful, respectful dialogue. Even if there's a disagreement, you can agree to disagree. And I can say, well, you know what? I, I don't necessarily share the same viewpoint as you, but I can see where your viewpoint comes from. You know, right. when you, yeah, when you yeah. start walking on that walk, especially if you start developing a platform, the attack and the onslaught of people that operate on lower vibrations, 
and that don't have any purpose because they haven't bothered to tap into themselves in that way. So they don't have anything to lose. And they really don't have anything to gain but a few moments of Internet fame. So they don't have anything else better to do with their time. For example, so right. we were talking about the uh, Tariq Nasheed thing about how he gets on Tommy Sotomayor. And I don't agree with everything that Tommy Sotomayor said, okay? I don't agree with a lot of it. But most of the time, until he started engaging, responding back to those negative people, Tommy Sotomayor was just talking on his thing. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he likes white women. I mean, Hey, I'm mm-hmm. not going to knock it. If that's what you like, that's what you like, you know? Yeah, that brother um, That brother was hurt, though. That brother was yeah, I, I, I think that he, he has a deep hatred and loathing for his mother. Some black woman. Exactly. That he, exactly. Like, like there, there's a root to that. There's mm-hmm. a root to that that causes you to hate, hate yourself. Because I've listened to him as well. And mm-hmm. as a black woman, I'm not going to sit here and take up for us as as a, a species in terms of, you know, us as a, um, I was about to say ethnicity, as, as a gender. I'm not going to sit here and be pro-female when there's some things that we as females need to clean up about our act across the board. And then when we really get mm-hmm. to the meat and the heart of the situation, because I'm a black woman, I have a responsibility not only to hold my own self accountable for the things that I do and say, but I have a responsibility to check my sister who's who's messing up. Well, and the reason why is because, let's say, for example, if you do something foul to a black man, and then you turn around years later and, you know, you've created a Tommy Sotomayor. I mean, Tom, mm-hmm. he's a grown man. He's responsible for himself. He, he, once mm-hmm. you get a certain age, like when people say, well, I didn't have this growing up. Well, you know what? It's too bad, but you're a grown man now, so you need to to, to, to buck up and do what you got to do. So I do believe in that. But at the same time, some woman hurt this man and caused him to be who he is, and now they mm-hmm. don't like what they created. Because you mm-hmm. didn't grow you up say, I created a monster. the son of a black woman <laughs> and say, I hate black women. Somebody hurt him. Somebody so, hurt him. Yeah, last relationship I was in, I had a heart attack. I think I, I told uh, Lance I had a heart attack, and my girlfriend left me when I was in the hospital. Mm. We had been together. I've been dealing with, I was taking, she had three kids, helping her out with everything. When she saw I guess that things wasn't going to be the same with me health-wise. She, she up and left, you know. Now, I could be, I, I'm kind of a little irritated with her about it. I can't say I'm bitter. I was bitter the first couple of years. But now I'm like, okay. But it's painful because I got to deal with that in my mind. I got to grapple with that because when you hurt somebody – Say if your man hurt you, uh, Crystal, you you know, you, you are going to – it's going to take you a while to heal from that in so many ways. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know, then, but you need another it's, it's man, that man, you're going to have a problem trusting him, you know? It's, it's a duality Yeah, yeah. So it's he a, the duality. 
No, no, I'm sorry. No, I was just saying it's it's, it's a duality to it because what what to speak on to speak, you know, and breathe some life into your situation. You know, look at it this way. It hurt. That was a betrayal and like I've heard heard being said in, in some shows on on YouTube they said, "Well, you know, your heart Ayana Van Zant said, your heart attacked you." Because you had a lot of undue stresses and probably a lot of things going on in your life that you weren't necessarily focusing on that were actually draining you and pulling from you. And sometimes our bodies have to shut us down. I know this because I had a nervous breakdown in November of 2015, trying to be everything for everybody. And when I tell you, when I tell you, my eyes were opened and it took me being in a hospital for four and a half days and I'm on my back and husband doing him and child doing her and mama doing her and friend doing them. And I'm the only one laid up in the hospital. And nobody that really gives my you eyes got open. You want. Yeah. yeah That's when my jail. eyes got open. I worked in the prison system um, for, I don't know, about eight, nine years. And when I was with my, my ex, and I did it. It was a good job, paid well. I mean, paid better than a lot of jobs I had, had security. But the negativity of the job was bothering me. And not negativity like you would think from the inmates. The officers were ratchet. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm, like, and, and I'm a musician. By, yeah, I'm a musician by, 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 by heart, you know, what I love is music. And I'm in here doing this job that is basically slave plantation type work. I'm an overseer. Mm-hmm. You know, you got all of these black men that's locked up. And I used to talk to them, you know, when I have downtime because I work night shift, and I would talk to them guys. Now, some of them, they don't deserve to be there. They just were, you know, assholes and better off in there, off the street. But a lot of them were in there for selling marijuana or for, or for, for getting caught with weed. You know, and then the ones that got caught, a lot of them would say, "Man, it was my girlfriend. She 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 uh uh ratted me out, or this and that." Now, I'm not saying people need to be selling the weed because it comes with a whole bunch of problems. But come on, getting mm, 10, 15 mm, years mm. for marijuana? Mm-mm. Come on, they shouldn't even be illegal. Yet, let alone get that kind of time for it. But those see, things that's, were designed. That's a trap. That's the trap because yeah, when when have you known black when have you known black people to be well off to the point to where we can coordinate drug trafficking we can import and export that type of stuff that's not our lane that's not our lane yeah. now you 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 get it and you bring it here and you put it in our hands we could break it down and distribute it and sell it for you but we're not the one pushing those deals. You know what I mean? It was only one person that did that, the guy that they portrayed in American Gangster. He was the only one that bought it in. And they, they got him in the end. Mm-hmm. You, don't see, you, don't see it in? you don't get that. They don't get them. They know who they are. Mm-hmm. When the coat came into the neighborhood, man, it was a scourge. And it was no black people bringing that into the country. I watched a documentary 
Um, and it was so funny because it was was ex police officers, and they were all all Caucasian, and they were out of New York, and mm-hmm. uh, these guys were running the biggest drug trafficking ring. And when I tell you, they said that the officer had got one of the officers, the one that was heading it, had got to the point where he had went and bought this nice Mustang and. Um, was driving to the precinct, and they were like, "You're not a, you can't be making that type of money on no cop salary." But what he was mm-hmm. saying was is that the police officers, it's like a brotherhood, and so regardless as to whether your brothers see you doing the wrong thing or not, they're not gonna squeal on you because that comes with consequences. So mm-hmm. they were making deals with these drug lords, and they were actually mm-hmm. providing security, and they were setting up. Uh, and busting these drug deals, and they were taking the money and taking the drugs. And it was this, this went on for years, years. Yeah. And then there was, you know, little by little, it started, it started to fall off. But when you are in a situation where you have to provide for your family, and mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, that means working a nine to five. There are a lot of things mm-hmm. that come with that job that don't necessarily sit right with your integrity and your character as a person. But right, when you right. have responsibilities and you have children and you have bills and you have to survive as an adult, it's it's kind of being stuck between that rock and a hard place because not all cops are bad cops, but there are enough cops that are out there that are bad that have pretty much tarnished that whole protect and serve demeanor. You know, yeah, and the good cops have, cannot wrap them out because it'll it'll mess with their survival. Yep. Yeah. They'll turn on you. They will yeah. turn on you. So what do you do? You pl- you play the game, you put your game face on and you pray you make it home safe. Yeah. You that's know? all you can do. And that that's how I was working in the jail, the same thing. Only difference it was a controlled environment, you know, I mean, cops, when you're out on the street and you pull somebody over, you don't know what you're going to get. In the jail, pretty much, you if you, if everybody's done their job right, there shouldn't be no weapons in the jail. Now, that shouldn't be. You got a lot of uh, mm-hmm. officers that, that smuggle stuff into the jail, you know, but uh, it's a controlled environment. So you don't have those things to worry about, but you got officers doing rancid stuff, and you can't mm-hmm. you can't uh, rat them out because if everybody finds out, well, one one guy bought in a phone one time, and he pulled the phone out in front of me in the picket, and I had to tell my supervisor because inmates saw it. So then I knew this guy was alive. So if someone reported, it, they would say it was me. So I had you to was in on Yeah, so I had to report it. And everybody said I was a snitch. Everybody said it. And there's one particular officer that really believed in that. I said, well, why are you ain't speaking to me? He said, man, because you snitched on on uh, on this guy Mitchell. So I said, well, look, you know, I don't know why you said that, because Mitchell put your business out in, 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 in front of inmates. And I said, I took mm-hmm. up for you because – I used to do a lot of house music. I'm familiar with gay people. I, had to, I, I, I used to spin records at the at, at gay clubs. So I'm not uncomfortable around gay people. This guy was gay. I said, look, man, mm-hmm. he, 
said in front of the inmates about pictures you had up on Facebook about you dressed in pink drawers sitting in your boyfriend's lap with a rose in your mouth. I said, now, how do I know about that? Because he said it. And I told him he needs to mind his business. I took up for you, but yet you are mad at me because I turned him in. Mm-mm. I was like, isn't that ironic? That's, that's, that's a you know? whole another thing with, with us and this whole culture of snitching. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy because I, I definitely am one for minding my business and what you eat don't make me shit. And as long as you're not necessarily affecting or offending my household or my direct person, I can overlook a lot of things. But there are some mm-hmm. things that my integrity and my character won't allow me to overlook. You know, I can't yeah. overlook a child being mistreated. I can't overlook a person unjustly being targeted because yeah. that could be me. That could be my child. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I can't. I can't sit here and say you know, behind a phone that, oh, well, you know, they wrong for doing this and cops is this and that and third because I don't know when I'm going to walk out of my door and have to rely on a cop to step in and save my life or vice right, versa. Right, right, right. You know, you know you, we, we, when we I know. Door, I went to turnout. Turnout is like, you know, when all you, your whole shift goes and then your sergeant tells you what's up for that day. I went in a turnout, and I told, after that incident, I told all of them, look, I'm not somebody that's going to be running around looking to get into y'all business, but if you're getting ready to do something dirty and you know what dirt is, don't do it in front of me. Ask me to leave the building. And if they say you mm-hmm. left the building, I'll say, hey, I had to go to the bathroom. I'm not, but if you mm-hmm. do it in front of me and everybody saw that I saw, I'm not going to lie for you. There you go. No, I'm not going to do it. There and they respect, they did respect that. They knew they couldn't do shit in front of me. They respected it. But it's just, it's the culture because human beings can be nasty. Did you ever hear about that that study they did? I forget if it was up north somewhere where they took these students in the university and they did a, a, a test and they built a, a, a simulation of a prison and they half of the inmate, half of the students were guards, were uh, correctional officers, and the other half were inmates. And they they no, had them in a that. controlled environment. You heard about it? No, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, and what ha- wound up happening is the guards started mistreating the inmates. Started, I mean, started abusing them. I mean, and this mm-hmm. was. Uh, this was a real simulated thing. It wasn't inmates, they were all students, but it got so bad they had to stop it. Let me ask you a question. Since you, you were in, right. in in the the system, you actually worked as, as a correctional officer. Um we all know and understand that people get into certain career fields and certain jobs for personal reasons or might just be that they need that paycheck. It might be that, you know, they have a personal vendetta against whoever for whatever. And so they need to be on the inside Mm -hmm. track. 
Um, do you have, or did you happen to find where there was a certain mentality that certain guards developed, like, you know, where you locked up in here and you're caged up like an animal, and I get to go home and I get to go to my, you know, go to my family and I, I get to leave this place. In other words, I'm here oh, yeah. because yeah. I choose yeah. to work here. I'm not here out of circumstance or situation. And I think, I think. It, when you when you dehumanize people and you treat them as less than, that's when you start getting your uprising. Because I mm-hmm. watched a show that yeah. Lance did with a young gentleman. Um, he actually was was in like the the Hispanic uh, prison gang life. He was, yes. but mm-hmm. it's so funny because he was very intelligent, very respectful, yes. very artistic. Articulate, oh, I saw that. you know. I saw that. And you know, Crystal, Man, I was you know, Crystal, blown away, Lance. I was blown was, away, and you had yes. him in your home, and I was just yes. like, you know what? Yes, the dude was just very pleasant across the board. Yes, he was yes. Very let me pleasant. tell you something. Since you said that, let me just interject. Um, he's a brother of a guy that is a friend of mine, and also who happens to work with me, and I already felt his warmth before. And, you know, I'm here at home. There are people who sit in the church that I wouldn't even bring in here, right? So mm-hmm, that never mm-hmm, came into my mind mm-hmm. where because of his background and gangs and so on. But since I felt his spirit through his brother go. and over the phone, I'm like, listen, bring him over. And and, yeah. and, and, and I showed him around. I said, hey, let me, first of all, and I told him why. You know, that, not that he questioned me. But I said, you're coming somewhere new, man. You just got out from doing so many years, about a decade mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. I said, my yeah. studio is a bedroom in here, and it's closed in. I closed the window. That's It's closed in. So I said, I, mm-hmm. I don't want you to feel like you don't know what's going on around. I said, here, you know the backyard, you know around, you see the living room, you see everything else, so you can be comfortable because I mm-hmm. understand. He said, man, I appreciate mm-hmm. that, man. Did I you really want appreciate to correction? Yes, yes, I did four yeah, years in corrections. I worked in a prison and right here um, in, in the local jail, which is like probably the 15th largest jail in the country. But back to him, people would look at him on the facade, and I told him on the show. I said, man, they see the tattoos all up on the face, the back of your head, all that yeah. stuff. Like, they would get scared, and plus he is the real thing. First of all, he is the real thing. He's high up tell. in there. And you saw me in the show, even with his mm-hmm. brother, go on in the kitchen, man, and get yourself a plate. This is the first mm-hmm. time they were here. Did, did, did I get up and run behind him or nothing like that? I said, man, go up. So, what? look, I can, look, I'm not some guru or whatever. When I know, I know. Once I discern and know it, sometimes I try to humanly discern and can't do it. But when it comes to me on that spiritual level, I'm not talking church. When it, that thing comes to me, I know. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And, and I love that brother to death. You understand? You know, when I was working in the jail, they had a, they, you know, they used to kind of try to separate people a little bit. But you had your 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 black gangs and your, your well, of course, and your, yes. And and the one thing that I noticed about the Latino gangs, and I can say this, I've, I've worked at the the state prison and I also worked at the Travis County Jail. So I worked at the Sheriff Department. Yeah, so thank you. I, and I noticed enough to tell you that most of the Latin gangsters were the most respectful of all the inmates. And I'm not saying they weren't doing their shit, 
But they didn't right, want you right, in their right, business. Right. They didn't want you in their business, so they showed you respect. Right. And most most Latin gangsters, not all of them, I'm just saying the ones I ran into, especially if they high up, they're not going to come in your house and mess with stuff because if you're not in the game, they respect that. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, 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 man, let me tell you something. The most we had conversations after the show was over. We hung out in the front a little bit. I think I, I think I recorded, recorded a little intro, and I think I stuck it on one of the videos too that I threw up, and you saw them out there. And there were people. There are not many people in the subdivision. People pass through. They were looking up, and a lot of folks around here really don't know me. That's the, that's the way the society is. So right. people were driving slow and looking. And the one that went, oh my God, what the hell's going on? And and me, whoever it is, if you're right with me, you're good with me. Whatever it is you into, I mean, if you're not, you can't be messing with no babies and killing people, and messing with old right, ladies right. or whatever, you know, robbing yeah. them. I'm just saying that if you choose to do something, I'm not gonna put myself in danger now, knowing you hot, and I'm gonna be out in the street standing on the yeah, corner with you, yeah, yeah, and you get yeah, sprayed yeah, up at out. me too. But all I'm saying is that if you're good with me, I'm not that kind of. I've had. I've done shows with gay folks. I've done shows with gangsters. I've done shows with people that have killed people, but the people listening didn't know, but I knew it. He said not to say nothing. I've had shows where Bloods and Crips have called on different occasions from California to New York and like, sir, we got you, man. We love you. We understand. I mean, there's a whole lot of underworld out there that's been checking. Right. So it's, right. it's right. you know, and, and people have reached out to me face-to-face, or not my face-to-face, directly on the phone, on things that weren't recorded or put out there. I just want to tell you or talk to you about this, but no problem. I got the time. Like I always say, most of my talking is not on a show or on recording. I talk all day on the Mm -hmm. bus. People call me Mm -hmm. on the phone and text them and stuff. This is what I do all the time. So if you're good with me, you're good. I I play it the way you say it. You never see me up on the show. Well, let me tell you about so-and-so, how they inside their house look and so-and-so. No, I don't do that. I can cause a lot of bullets to fly, a lot of marriages to break up, a, a, a lot of people to be thrown in jail if I ran my mouth like that. Yeah, I don't do that. Thing, you just don't it's, it's not in your no. it's not in your spirit to do that because it's no, just not no. that's not what you've been called to do. You know, and that's and you know what Chris that right there that's that right there is being tied into the author of confusion and, and I don't get that from you. And I I'll tell no. you this. There are a lot of people that were on YouTube that were um, so-called enlightened individuals. And when you get on that journey and you get on that path of, of wanting to to explore into a deeper purpose and connect with other people, you know, YouTube is a wonderful place to do that. But everybody yes. that gets up on YouTube and has a platform, they're not doing it righteously. You know, Mm-mm. like I like Mm-mm. like we were talking earlier. I've watched Thomas Tommy Sotomayor. The only thing that hurts me about mm-hmm. you know how he comes across is the fact mm-hmm. that he's carrying a hatred, a, a deep rooted yes. hatred for black women, but he it. has a young black yeah. daughter. And so, so that that hurts me because it's like, what are you teaching your daughter? That she's not good enough, that she's but, not pretty you, enough, you know, that she's lot, not worthy. A lot exactly. of black women are doing the same thing to their sons. You know, they, oh, they, they hate black men so much. That, and that's the problem with our community. We causing so much hate against the opposite sex. And we good got kids because of these sexes. Good these show topic. Yeah. 
You know what I, I mean? was about to say, Lance, that, 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 is, that is a good topic for you to consider because you want to know what? I'm going to write again, that down, yeah. It, it, it's sad that when a show that falls into that realm is done, like I've been paying attention enough to notice, like there are certain shows, Lance will get on, he's like, you know, some, not all, you know, some, not, the fact that you have to even go out of your way to yeah, address yes. some, not all, you know, Throw the dog on rock and whichever dog get hit in the pack. If they get hit, <laughs> let them holler. Because, because yeah. we, we've developed this mentality where, you know, everybody gets a trophy even though they didn't put in the work or the effort. Mm. Everybody gets mm-hmm. a trophy. Everybody gets to participate. You know, no, people need to be hit with a, with a dose of reality and people need to be hit with the truth. And there are a lot of black women, I'm saying this because I come from a home. I am a living witness and a survivor mm-hmm. of an, a narcissistic mother and an enabling father, okay? Mm. So I've seen it. I grew up with it, and and I can spot it. I can I can yep. damn near smell it so on people. So you understand what Sotomayor went through? That's that's why I said somebody really hurt him. People aren't people don't just come here being asses. Now I believe that there are entities down here that do thrive off of that low vibration. And yes, there is a such thing as demonic possession. And yes, if you open yourself up to the wrong things, something can jump on you and ride your back. But people, right. it is not it is not in the nature of man to just come here and be an ass. Come here. You have yeah. to be groomed and cultivated to be an ass. You know, because if we all go back yeah. to when we were kids, we we were we were able to think and be free spirits until some adult came along and said, no, 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 that's not politically correct. No, no, no. True. You know, you can think it, but you don't let it come out of your mouth. No, no, no. We don't we don't say that adults are liars. We don't. Well, what what the hell is it? Right, because right. you put me yeah. in this book, and this book is telling me thou shalt not lie. But you're lying. But, but what do you want right. to call it? A fib, an untruth, a white lie? It's still a lie. It's deceptive. Yeah. And how come when so I we, lie, it's a lie. When you lie, it's, it's, it's a white lie. Oh, so. how come when you tell me that I can't do something, but I turn around and mimic what I see you do is do as I say, not as I do? Yeah, yeah. You know, so there there are a lot of families and households that are being torn Mm. apart and that are being being agitated by by these women who are broken. And I mean, their mothers screwed them up, and their mothers mothers screwed them up. And I'm sitting here as as a female who. You know, and I know this is kind of jumping off of what we were talking about, but, you know, when you as a female come from a two-parent household and the father was the primary um, parent in terms of raising and rearing and nurturing and loving because there was a seed of discord that was planted by your mother's mother. 
okay? That's something, I don't care how good of a child you are, how studious you are, how well-behaved and well-mannered you are, that is something that you will never be able to tap the root of, especially when that person has had the privilege of dying before making it right with their child. When it skips a generation, and I have to check my mother's mother and say, I don't know what you did to her, but you're not going to fuck me up, and I'm going to tell you about yourself. And you're yeah. not going to sit here and yeah. put but a label you know on me. You know, it's good that it, you got that, uh, <laughs> that sense about you to think that way because my mother was like that. My mother was very – she could do some some things that that were just not right, you know, um, you know, she she worked. She she didn't do drugs or didn't drink a lot of those things. But she was brought up a certain way, and she had an evil streak to her. I mean, she could get Ooh. mad, and pick up a glass. But like if you see her starting to get mad, go move all the glasses out the room. You know, because she was pick up. And, and my mother was that way, and it, it she made it hard for you to talk to, and then. When I got older, she would try to carry that on, and I was like, right, look, Mom, if you're going to continue to be this, well, I'm a grown man now. I don't live off of you. You don't pay for nothing I do. So either you respect me or we just want this will be our last conversation. So this is up right. to you to make that choice. She started crying. She preferred to break down and cry and feel insulted than to say, let me give this man some respect. And mm-hmm. she sold this court into my daughter. You know, and a lot of mm-hmm. things that happened with my daughter happened because I trust my mother with it. Because who wants to not let their daughter go over to their grandmother's house, you know? Yeah, and, nobody. And it's saying, every child wants to have, I don't care if you're an adult, every child that has come out of the womb of a, of a, of their mother, and I'm saying mother specifically because the relationship with a father and their children it's that's it's a, just a completely different dynamic. You know, the man is the is the giver of the life source. We all life and creation starts with the man, but the fact that you have to pass through, you have to incubate, and you have to Why pass through. Most women say that that that's the opposite. Most women will say the women are the life giver. Because because that comes from that woman empowerment movement you were talking about earlier. See, when you when you're raised in a society where you don't need a man for nothing, what you need to acknowledge him for? We don't even need a man to make a child now. If you want to be completely honest, you know, just jerk off in a cup and then let them do what they do with it, and they're good to go. The man has been taken out of the equation, <laughs> but the reality is, and anybody will tell you if you think I'm lying, sit down. And look, well, y'all are men, so. But I always would tell people, sit down and pay attention to what you're saying. Sit down and pay attention right. to what you're saying. Life force comes from a man. If it was not for the the sperm in a man, life would not exist. You don't believe it? Watch a man's nuts when he's laying down, and watch they start moving on their damn own. If that ain't life, I don't know what it is.
do yourself a favor one day and just get you a mirror when you just when you just bored and got some downtime. And you ain't gotta take my word for it. It look, it creeped me out. I was a grown woman on my own, and I was in my second <laughs> ma- the marriage that I'm in now, and I was doing something, and my husband was laying down, and I happened to notice. I was like, did he just move on his own? So I'm watching. I'm, I'm like, I'm watching. I have to write that down. Remember, you know what's real funny, Crystal? That that Mr. Power Brain didn't even know that his own nuts move. For real. No, but I will tell you that it's gotta be. If you if you just take a cold shower, if you take a cold shower and and they're close to the body, it's not as evident as when it's warm in the room and you're relaxing and hanging because they, they they get different states. You know, some they hang they more is warm. Yeah, but they move, and they move more it's, when they hang out. It's all right, back. Mr. Power Brain. Some, some hell-bent woman, some sucker business came along and, and, and took that knowledge away from you. It's there. It's there. <laughs> it's there. But it creeped me out because that that was my introduction to, oh, my God. This is where all life started. And this, this is where life started. All black men. These pro-black, pro-conscious men that come on there and say, "Oh, the woman is the is the the life giver," and blah blah blah, you know. And they, what, what's with that? We're not we're not what the is, giver what? of life. We're the bearers of life. We are the portal that life yeah, passes through. We're the incubators, the but we're not the we're not the creators. You know, and it's the same thing with with our heavenly Father. You know, I don't know how how everybody believes, but. At the end of the day, we all know that we have to come from some source. Now, logic yeah. dictates that if man was created first and woman was created from man, that then we are lesser beings, not saying that we're not as good as or can be as great as, but in the hierarchy of things, there was the Godhead, and then there was the creation of man who was created in the image and likeness of the creator who also has the ability to create, thus the life force in the nuts. And then you have the woman that was created to be a helpmeet, not to be the head of the house. And, and and to take it further, not to be the head of the church or the head of the government, or, because if, if you can't be the head of your own home, how are you going to be the head of a church? How are you going to be the head of a spiritual body? That's not saying that you, you, you know... President? I I'm gonna tell you, I don't I don't think that a man can be a successful president if you want to be <laughs> honest. Because I, yeah. I just I just believe that the way that things are set up down here, they're set up on a bias, and that's why it's so important for us all to wake up. Because when you start paying attention to the things that's going on, you know, yeah, we have to be able to function, and and maneuver in this realm but this is not our final resting home and just because you have to adapt you don't have to be a church person person. i I don't believe in the church but i do i i have read my bible and there's one thing that i believe is happening now and this is a direct prophecy from the bible when they say that when the seven years trials and tribulations start when we get a president or a leader is going to come from the east. It's going to start the the uh, it's going to start the uh, the discord and the uh, the confusion 
And I was like, okay, well, Donald Trump's wife, all of his wives, everything is from the East. But Donald Trump is from here. But then Barack. when I look, huh? Barack? Excuse me? No, no, not even Barack. Here's the thing. Donald Trump's not from the East, but Putin is. And in my mind, what I'm seeing is Putin directly interjected himself into this deal. And the one thing, when they talk about the trials and tribulations, it's supposed to be seven years, three and a half years warfare. And when we think that's bad, the next three and a half is supposed to be even worse. Well, Putin is from the East. And I feel like he bought our complete government out. They're finding out now that Mitch McConnell took took money from uh, from uh, Putin's people and that uh, Paul Ryan. They find out all them guys are in cahoots with it. It's like they sold our country out, and we're watching this. And plus, mm-hmm. uh, he's lying all the time, and we're watching this confusion happen. And they're even telling us out that there's two realities. They're even saying it. I mean, that that mm-hmm. woman that uh, she she came on and said, "Well, this is an alternative reality." And I'm like, "Oh my God, they done voted because they're so racist and hated Barack Obama so much that they done voted this demon into the presidency, and he's gonna tear it up. They're not gonna be able to get him out because you can't you can't prosecute a president." The only thing you can do is impeach him, and if the whole Congress is Republican, they're never going to impeach him. But do you do you not see where the the domino effect is and and started? Because truth be told, and the reason I brought up Barack Hussein Obama, um, first of all, I, I, I'm gonna let you know. I wasn't one of us that jumped on the oh we got a black president because Barack was not our first black president. He wasn't. He was not. Who was? Um, huh? Bill Clinton? Bill Clinton? No, 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 no. Um, there's um, actually information that you can you can go online and, and find. If you look on the back of a $2 bill, which is one of the reasons that it stopped being in, in circulation, but there was um, imagery of black um, black individuals on, on the back of that bill. And I, got I a can't. Bill too. Yep, there, there, there were, and you can, you can find it out though, because um, I don't want to misquote anything. But I will say that Barack was not our first black president, um, but he is the first black president that was pushed by mainstream white media and mainstream mm-hmm. hip hop media. And, and, you know, there was a show that Lance did when he was talking about, um, he was talking about like the manifestation of, of all of these different beliefs, um, mm-hmm. these different belief systems. And I was, mm-hmm. I was sitting there itching so bad because I was like, oh my gosh, if I get up here and, and educate these people, they're going to think I'm crazy. But mm-hmm. all of this stuff stems back to the Roman Catholic Church. And they established mm-hmm. what was called the Jesuit order. Now, one of the reasons I'm gonna tell you, I, I don't, I don't sit up in nobody's church right now either, so don't feel bad. I, I'm, I, mm-hmm. I, I love the Lord. When I was younger, growing mm-hmm. up, I was in church eight days a week. I don't know where they found mm-hmm. that eighth day, but they found a way to make it happen. But when mm-hmm. I got older, 
and I started to develop a relationship <laughs> with my creator myself, I started mm-hmm. to find that the things that were being spoon-fed to me as a child weren't correct. And I started to see mm-hmm. that my parents were just regurgitating what their parents fed to them, and whatever the pastor said was, was gold. And I questioned him because he was a man just like I was. And then, mm-hmm. well, just uh, a human, like like I'm human. And mm-hmm. I understand divinity, but you can't mm-hmm. you can't stand behind a pulpit and preach a message and then not live what you preach. And that's why a lot of people have turned away from 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 fellowshipping and going to church because the church has hurt a lot of people. And when yeah. you, if you want to know why it is that membership is down and you know all this stuff is going on because your members are not treating people right outside of the walls of your church oh yeah they're not speaking to each other in love they're not giving selflessly they're not pouring into the lives of other people you know and and doing so selflessly and so mm-hmm. when you, you see, well, Sister So-and-so is a member of such-and-such such a church, no, I'm not going to that church not knowing how she at. Ain't no Christ yeah. in that at all. You know? Yeah, that's what so, happened to the last church I was at. You know, it just came to a point where, man, I'm like, these people are so corrupt, I cannot be a part of this. But Can't but you it. know what, Dave? It's a business, and that's what people fail to yeah. realize. When, when you yeah. see churches yeah. running church as a business, you need to be leery because it's it's not about the people because when I hear somebody talk to me as, oh, I'm a Christian, that raises a flag for me because you shouldn't have to announce yourself as a Christian. Just like I don't have to walk up to you and say, oh, I'm I'm an African-American female. You can see that, you know? And just as much as I can say, oh, I'm an African-American female, if you are living a Christ-like life, if you are doing unto others as you'd have them do unto you, if you're sowing good seeds and reaping good harvests, then, you know, you don't have to even announce that. Yeah. I'm a Christian. I, I just found that $2 bill. I'm looking at it. And if I have one, my, let's see, my $2 bill came out in... They they had a reissue. Mine came out in two thousand three, so they probably took it off. You probably have to see the original two dollar two dollar bill. Let me let me see since I since I have you on the line. Let me see if I can pull it up, and if if I can, I'll um I'll point you to the source. Yeah, because my two dollar bill on the back it just has the people in there. I guess they signed in the Declaration of Independence on the back of it. And it was so hey, funny. I have a question I wanted to ask you. Um, on your thing, you don't have the list of how many subscribers that you have on there. Do you block that on purpose? Oh, you so to me? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and let me just say I was bouncing back and forth since we didn't have the screen up, and I have the phone on speakerphone, I have the one computer working, I'm just uploading files and working. So there's a couple times that I heard that I could have responded or said something, not that you all asked, but I was away from it, like in the next room or something. So I'm using this time to yeah. catch up. I, as a matter of fact, I'm enjoying, I, I mean, I always enjoy it, but, you know, at least I can pick my nose in peace. You know what I mean? Nobody's seeing yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, because on your thing, you don't, it doesn't show how many subscribers you have. Well, see what um, it is. Oh, let, let me see how devious it is out here in um, the old Internet world. I, I, I hide that. 
because there are people who they're in battle with each other. It's about robbing. I don't own anybody. I don't try to keep anybody from anybody, but they're trolls that get up and they harass. It's just like this. This is they think you got a lot of like you got a lot of people. They, well, they you know, it, 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 it's not really it just cracked twelve thousand subscribers. So on on the whole scheme of things, with the big boys who got a hundred and a hundred fifty. But number one for me, I'm not into all of that like that. It's just that people have been coming to me over the years, and, and not just on YouTube, because that's really the least of it, but for the most part, like on Facebook. They'll come to me on Facebook and say, hey, Lance, um, do you know this person? This person's been reaching out to me and trying to say that you and him are cool, you and her are cool, but I don't see them on your friends list, and I don't know who they are. And I'm like, wow, that's somebody I knew from New York years ago, but we don't really get along. And and they block me, but they want to be friends with people who are friends with me now so they can speak gossip. It's that bad. Oh, God, y'all don't know. Me and Mrs. Mm-hmm. Skirt were talking, and she left that, you know, um, she works on Sundays. And I, I guess that's obvious, right? I don't mind putting it out there now. But um, we were speaking about how bad it was even five years ago. Five years ago, now pull me in if I go out there, if I lose you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, I went up to New York City to be in this documentary with somebody named nicknamed Holly Hood. That's her channel, or AKA Rebecca Scott. She ended up being a fraud. And what made us talk about this today was that I found out that there are a lot of videos now that have discovered how much of a fraud she was. But she mm-hmm. hit me hard as a fraud, but I never said anything about it. Mm-hmm. Most who were around back then know the confrontations, and I handled it one good time and left it alone. But mm-hmm. she went to people that knew me online in person mm-hmm. and or not in person, because those mm-hmm. of us who are on the phone now, we haven't looked in each other's faces, but we know each other's spirit. Right, well, I, right. You know, that whole ordeal, the money that we lost, the money that we gave her, the things we helped with, I don't throw things up in people's faces. But then mm-hmm. as soon as I came down, right, mm-hmm. as, soon as, mm-hmm. as soon as we both came back down, because we only went up for two and a half days, and that's mm-hmm. when I got to meet Professor Griff. She mm-hmm. got online and started telling people how I used her. And, and I'm like, yo, wait a second. How are you going to do that? Whether well, me and Mrs. Like man, man, mm-hmm. man, let me tell you something. No, you know, don't, don't mess up my reputation. You know what I mean? Because I have a pristine reputation as far as how I deal with people. Now, when I was a teenager with three and four girlfriends who found out about it, they might call in if they're still bitter about that. But as a, as a grown man and adult, uh-uh. So anyway, bottom line was we went up there. Um, I didn't tell the people that she was living out of a homeless shelter. Now, now the word got out, but I never said mm-hmm. that. But that mm-hmm. was true. Mm-hmm. We the ones who drove her around, took her to eat. You know, it, she she needed money for certain things, but yet and still, you're having something where oh, we're having this documentary shot, and it was some amateur students from somewhere, some school. I'm not putting it down because that's what it was. Because if they're around me, I'd love to utilize that. That's probably they're probably doing it for free. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Everything about her was a fraud. I mean, everything. But mm. but the time that I was up there, the two and a half days that I was up there, I probably had three hours of sleep. When, 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 when the function was over, we, we took her and drove all the way back to Brooklyn, came back. I was so tired that we got a block away from the hotel, and I wanted to pull the car over and sleep. That's how tired I was. Oh, wow. And you all know my energy. 
I got a block away. No, there was a block away. So I can't drive. I can't make it no more. And you all know I go. I go and go and go. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. how beat I was. And, and I didn't put that out there. You know, when I went to work that Sunday, because we came back Saturday, I slept so deep. God, I went to work on Sunday because my, my schedule is a tight, y'all. I work more than one job. Somebody mm-hmm. took a friend of mine from Texas and said, you know, you need to check your Facebook page. And I did. And that's when she publicly ripped me out. Ripped After me out. All that stuff for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, and, pay, and pay for it. Pay for the dinner at Sylvia's. Now, I don't go and say what I do for people. It's just like the whole, I don't know if you guys knew from last year, the girl I used to go to Ratchet Crazy, where she used to cuss a lot and stuff, but, but some people liked it because she was kind of brilliant with it, Jazzy, from last year. Mm-hmm. Same situation. Now, this is being recorded, so I'm not even going to put it out there. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, but yeah. You, put it this way. You do for people who are in need and they've got a really tragic situation, and they turn around and say, that there are things that bad about you or you're trying to sleep with them. I'm like, wow, wow. But see, that's, all the while, that's that unclean spirit. That's that unclean spirit, you know. But, it, but it's, it's so blatant. It's, it's a matter it's of so take, 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 take. I'm, I'm take, see, I'll, I'll take whatever it is that you have to offer, but I'm going to give you headache and strife and BS, and I'm going to try to take away or, or do a ca- character assassination because yes. there is a light about you that, again, is a threat to people who aren't oh, there. But you know? Let me, you, let, let, let me just add this one to, to finish up the original question. So with that being said, because I do what I do, I'm not the biggest guy. I don't care. My goal, if, if anything, Number one was for me to be me and me to maintain being, being me. That's why I can go on every day sometime and don't have a script and just freestyle it because I'm not being fake, number one. Right. Because right, I'm sitting right. here. I like to have somebody to bounce off on, you know, at least one person, but I can still get on there. How many times have I gotten on on a recording or on a live show, and I'm just talking for an hour or two, and I get off. If you come, you come, or yeah. I chat with people in there. It, I don't bully people like that. I just flow. If I feel right. it, I'm going to do it. Right. right. That right. being said, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of people who may be bigger, but I'm not bragging. I'm just saying they don't do it like me, meaning like this. Okay. How many other people that you know on YouTube, anybody can get a YouTube channel and live stream, use their phone, whatever, but they got the setup where they can have people call in. And sometimes when they call in, I sit back and let them talk as long as they're flowing. I, I, mm-hmm. I'll sit there, I'm eating, I'm going to the bathroom, I'm coming back, eating a plate of food. You know, you talk, do that. <laughs> yes, yes. Sometimes yeah. I'm in there for an hour and a half and then say a word. Once yeah. I get mm-hmm. the party started, I may start it off with a nice little rant and get hyped and flow. Mm-hmm. And then as people come in, keep it going. And I sit yeah. back like the chef. I'm peeking from mm-hmm. the kitchen and watch everybody enjoy the meal, right? Mm-hmm. But there's no ego mm-hmm. here. Many people don't do that. They will get on. They'll let a caller, caller number two. What do you think? After 60 seconds, thank you. Thank you for that. Boom. But most don't even do that. Most, it's the ego thing, right? Now, I know black yeah. people like to see the same little graphics and, and, and different things and fancy little the last bird or so. I'm not even into that. But I do that for the professionalism, keep it looking a certain way, keep a certain style. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but I'm about to grind. I'm about to grind every day as much as I can. If I'm not doing one thing, if you don't see me for a few days online, I'm doing something. But on my, on my blog, landscape.com, it's something up every day. So now you have people who see that and they come on because, oh, 
I can come on and get more subscribers. So I can come on and act like, yeah, yeah. And then there'll be, hello, you'll be in the conversation. Hello, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, but we're speaking right now. Can, can you hear me? Yes. Well, I wanted to say, say so-and-so, this is the king and the queen, and so-and-so, and subscribe to my channel. And it's like, wait a second, is this all this what it's all about? I, look, you want to know what's funny? I've heard yeah. that. I've actually been on, um, and it's it's funny because there have been a couple of times where I haven't called in because I had some things going on in, in the background. Right. I was working on some stuff. But there have been times where I have been in, the uh the live shows are you know right. just watching well, them while I'm well, so you know <laughs> I do yeah, the invitation and, well yeah. and and you you and they'll and they'll shout out their own channel and see it's a difference if you're like a feature guest or you're a, a feature guest and the show is geared around you like for example with Sister Lisa if if right. it was a situation to where you sit here and you give a person a, an, a platform for a straight hour and some change to talk about some stuff, then right. there must be some value that you see in that person. So the yes. people that you see that find value in you, you wouldn't have a problem saying, you know, well, you can check her out on this or that if they're comfortable with that type of exposure. But for people yes, to just get I'm on and be way. like, you can come to this channel here or, or even in the chat line. They'll be in the live chat line, and they'll be like, yeah, you need to check out this channel here or that. Like, what the hell y'all sitting here promoting other people's stuff yeah, for? See, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not even touchy about that. I'm not even touchy about that because the one time I had this communal feel, which I still do with certain individuals, but these you got some people. And then let me, let me tell you something, too. You got other individuals who will get on, want to hijack the conversation because they want to be the one with all the answers, and I'm the bringer of truth, and you need to listen to me, and I got. And there was one time this person kept doing it, and I'm I, my thing is that too. There's another aspect of this, right? Because it's not a lot of dog in me, right? I can be rude and I can be cutthroat, but a lot of these people want to bring you into that mode. So that they can say, see, he's jealous of me. See, he he he's a bully. Yeah. He's this, and so yeah, I yeah, reserve yeah. that. I reserve that. Yeah, Look, yeah. I feel I, I feel like the heavyweight champion of the world in a local bar. All the drunks are going to try to get me to fight them, but they guess what? I can knock them all out, but I lose because I'm yep. going to be in court. I'm going to be the one yep. locked up. I'm going to be the one. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's like I let them go on a little bit. But this one particular individual, he was good for that, and not what. I'm not into the my show, but it's the what I want at the end of the day is a beautiful verbal exchange of ideas to motivate people to get people to think on a higher level while having fun, and 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 that sometimes doesn't even involve me. It's like I, if I can't add into this flow, I'm going to be quiet because it's above me. I, I, yeah. I've signed autographs in my life. I've been in magazines. I've been on those little ego things as a boy. I'm cool now. If, if I'm that yeah. shallow that I have to go to YouTube for that at 54 years old, there's something wrong with me. But yeah. let it be I'm creating artwork with the help of everybody's energy. And when you lend the energy, it's not about – I'm not the show. I'm not the good thing about the show. It's the people who come in and add into it. I might own the that restaurant, but I'm not the chef. You yeah, are one of the cooks. Who could speak like Mr. Pirate Brain and Crystal on these things like this? Yeah, I can talk a little bit about it, but the way you do it, 
I might make my chicken a certain way, but y'all season yours in a dope way that I just can't, and I love it. I don't feel threatened by that. I come, come back to these shows where you all are on and some other one, and I derive a lot of strength from it. So this gentleman got on, and he was determined. He was going to – now, I could have said, listen, man, you know, but I know they want to say, oh, see, I'm, I'm, he's jealous of me. He's threat- I'm not threatened by nobody, right? So – I, you know what I did? I said, listen, I'm going to get up into the bathroom. I had the phone in my hand listening to everything on the phone. You can see nobody was sitting at, was sitting in the uh, studio. Homeboy went on for about two hours and a half. I went and laid down in the bed, put the phone down. There were other people on, but they started to fall off. Homeboy talked for about an hour and a half by himself. And toward the end, yes, yeah, so um, blah, 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 uh, hello, hello. Hello? Everybody Everybody left. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I can't even talk too much on my own daggone thing. Who wants? Let's bring some balance, right? Let's flow with yeah. a beautiful. Look, I remember being a little kid, sleeping in the bed, and down the block, up on somebody's porch, there were adults talking, and it must have just finished raining, and the way the sound bounced, and you hear it's real good, you hear this, you hear this real flowing adult conversation, and you lay in the bed laughing, but they're laughing because you're like, man, that was funny, but they didn't know you're listening. That's what I want to mm-hmm. bring to the people, but on yeah. so many levels. You know, we can say mm-hmm. – I say adult things. I say little funny jokes to spice it up and make you laugh and bounce back here and forth, bring the energy, right? But mm-hmm. these people, mm-hmm. they think that I am going to change your world by what I say because now I have this soapbox and I'm going to shove this information down and mm-hmm. I want you to think – and those are the ones who are disappointed because this is an extension of my life. I still go out and live life to bring something back here. It's not like YouTube is some place where I work out one of my hang-ups and fabricate a life because, in actuality, I live more life than I even share, which I'll be sharing more. But for me, all the people from back in the 90s and 80s and 70s and 60s who have fed into me, the people I've been exposed to, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's mind-blowing. So I want to share that and, and, and make other people share their stuff. So it's not just about me. But they see that, and that's why I hide the Facebook friends, and I just killed my main Facebook page, which is going to be knocked off completely by the 14th if I don't log back on. But as, as of now, my name is Rick Lucive. <laughs> like you put it together, oh, yeah. Rick Lucive. If you don't keep logging on your Facebook page, you lose it? No, see, this is a way to do it. If you permanently delete your Facebook page, right, and there's a way to do it because if you don't, if you do it the conventional way, it'll always lay dormant, and when you go and log it again, it opens it back up again. There's oh. another way to do it. Um, I forget. You have to go to a particular Facebook URL, right? Mm-hmm. And when you delete it, they'll give you, I think, 14 days. They say if you don't log on within these 14 days, everything is cut forever. So most oh. people make the mistake. And there's no way I have almost. The limit of five, I think it hit 5,000 friends. Sometimes I hit and sometimes it drops down because people's accounts are closed and some people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been hovering about a limit on the personal page, but it's always been my goal to get people to come to the, and I'm not saying fan, like fan, but it's a business slash fan page, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, to come to that page because there's no limit when you like the page. The fan page is the page that you like. The personal page right. is the page that you're, you can be friends with, right? So I want, right. poster, I want to start posting more on the fan page because that's the only URL address on Facebook that means anything to Google. Your personal page, 
really doesn't exist to Google. You can you can search it, but it doesn't bring any weight. The personal page is like a website, right? Then I have the talk show group room, which you can talk and let people talk, and the ideas can continue to flow there. I can drop mm-hmm. links there, and you can discuss it, mm-hmm. and the same thing can be done on the other page. But these people like to come and approach people. Now, this is what I don't like. I got people I've known for many years, and they're friends with my kids, but they've unfriended me. But then when you realize their life and how creepy they are and how trollish they are and how sneaky yeah. they are, right? Because, yep. see, they don't understand things come back to me and things are said. And they've tried to accuse me of things and uh uh-uh, leave that spirit alone, especially when my wife has discerned that on first contact. Like, yeah. And my wife yeah. knows. I speak to many women, many men. She has no problem. The phone rings 3 o'clock in the morning. Something I'm going to pick up. See her. Go on to sleep. I'm going to go on to sleep and catch this call and talk. Mm-hmm. You see? Mm-hmm. So, so, so that's the kind of understanding we have. But there are people who change. There are people who stalk you, watch you, peep at you. You people are weird out here, well, and with all that I've been doing over these years, let me tell you something. You got some straight idiosyncrasies. They got some strange idiosyncrasies, and they just damn weird, and they're creepy. Yep. I've had people call me, call my phone every five minutes all night long for about sixteen hours. There was a chick. Wow. Let, let, let me tell you some of my weird stories. Aside from the panties that have been thrown to my front door, candles and witchcraft voodoo type stuff. I had a chick that I found out who it was, didn't know who it was. She was a lesbian who lived here in Orlando. And we, I reached out to her, actually, because I found out that she was a blogger. So I, I reached out to her. <laughs> I wasn't trying to get none. I, I reached out to her. She's a lesbian. She didn't pay me no money. We got along well. We did little things together, taught each other things, met at McDonald's and public places. Okay, here, that's what it was, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. So, so over time, you know, she started to invite me to different little events she was involved in and whatever. Not much, but every three weeks or so, every month, whatever. So um, mm-hmm. she met my wife one time, and then she moved to a, a, another part of Florida where her mother was. And mm-hmm. uh, one night she called me up. Uh, about a year after, I didn't hear from her. She called me up, hey, Lance, how you doing? I'm okay. Up to the morning, no problem. That's my afternoon. So we're mm-hmm. talking for a while. And then she said, Lance, um, can I tell you something? I said, sure. I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want any connection with you online or on social media. Well, I do not want to be a tell you that. No, but we had a pleasant conversation for 15 minutes. She flipped. God. And then she said, we are not to be connected on social media. If you see me, I don't want anything to do it. If you say hi to me, I'm going to call the cops on you. Do you hear me? I'm like, you ain't got no problem out of me. She slammed the phone. Why'd she do that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. She called back three minutes later. I said, okay, let me pick this up. Maybe Mrs. Skirk can hear this one, right? But she was sleeping. She picked up. Hi, Lance. How you been? But she ain't talked to me yeah, in two years. That's that split personality type of crap right there. Oh, oh, oh I got more to tell you on this one. Oh, so I wrote, that, that, that yeah, I wrote actually, this girl's on drugs. <laughs> 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 Check it out. It gets worse. It, get, it, it gets worse. So, so now she uh-huh. normal, and I said, you know, do you realize she called me like three minutes ago? Oh, we, we talked for just 20 minutes? Yeah, I know. I'm tired. I got to go now. Okay, you have a good night. And I said, I'm not ever picking up this chick again. Two years wow. goes by. 
two years goes by, and understand, my formula is all over the place. I give it out. Mm-hmm. It's okay. 10% cookie calls, 90% okay calls. But my phone starts ringing 10 o'clock one night. I pick up. There's no answer. It's an unknown call, block call. <clears throat> Nobody says anything. I hear a vacuum like they're outside or whatever. They don't, they're not trying to hide noises, but there's really nothing going on. You might hear a, a microwave. You might hear birds or outside or something. I, I, hello, hello, hello. I hang up. They call back. I hang up. They call back. I hang up. I cut the ringer down. I leave it alone. They keep calling, hanging up. Call all night long the first time. From about 10.30 at night to about 7 in the morning. This person, whoever it was, rested for 30 minutes and started again from about 7.30 in the morning to about, you know, 1.30. I go to work all after. I'm like, what is this person on speed or crack? Are they taking turns or something? So three days of that. Where the only time it was about five hours total where they wasn't ringing the phone. So I got with some buddies of mine and found out, oh, yeah, okay, you put this on your phone and you do it this way and you hit this number. Do you know, I know a lot of people. I can do some dirt, but I don't do that. I'm not interested in that, right? So now my phone's ready. They got a call, and I got to pick up and hang up. Don't know who it is yet. It's when they call again. That's how a little gadget worked. Let them call, mm-hmm. and you hang up on them, and now it's registered. And when they call again, I'm seeing your number. No matter who you go through or how many states you got your number what, through. What kind, of, what, what kind of app is that? So, so, so no, I gonna, I'm not even going to say it over the court. I'm going to tell you in person. I'll tell both of you all in person. Yeah, yeah, tell me in person. Oh, no, you, wanna, you, wanna, you definitely want to know about that. It's simple, too. Yeah. It's real simple. So, anyway. No, we're going to keep that one private. This is for the last three show oh, members. Okay. <laughs> right? Because it's not super public. There's folks in the line, and I'll share it with them, too. But it's when it goes out that people, oh, what's that? They're down. But see, I don't do that to people. But I'm not going to empower these kooks out here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I saw who it was. I, I, didn't, I didn't have that number in that particular phone because I had other phones. I went into my other phones, my old phones. And I saw who it was. Mm-hmm. It was a gay girl who moved away. Well, why would she call me for damn near a whole week with, with, with five hours not calling me? Most of the week, she had to take turns calling her. Why, after a couple of years, you cussed me out, basically, and told me not to be bothered with you. Then you called back crazy, and then I ain't here for you. And now you have this interest in me. She was watching me on social media, and she saw how it, it, all, the platform grew. It may not grow where I have 10 million hits the first time because the government keeps my numbers down. I know that. Okay? Mm-hmm. I can explain that. It's a long story. But mm-hmm. it was her. So I let a little time go by, right? Mm-hmm. And then I went on another phone. I didn't, I didn't call back from that phone because she wouldn't pick up. Mm-hmm. So I run her. I wait a little time go by because I cut that phone off. And I went to the other one. Hello? Mm-hmm. I changed my voice a little bit. I said, I said, hello? Hello? Hi, who is this? I said, you really want to know who this is? I raised my voice high. No, no, dude, stop playing. Stop playing. I said, your name is so-and-so, right? Yeah, you know my name, so-and-so. Then I was like, then why the F won't you let me get some sleep and stop calling my dad on phone? I know who you are. I'm going to blow you up now. Call 
her no more. And when I went to her YouTube channel, I saw how she was into casting spells and deep in the voodoo. I mean, deep into this crazy stuff. I mean, she damn near put a bone through her nose and had all kind of things on her face and things hanging on her head, fires burning and stuff, and this was for this. And everything she spoke about was vengeful, was revenge, was get them, hurt them. These are your, and it's so right. She's probably yeah, doing that for, to me. For a person to call you mm-hmm. like that three years later, it's like, yeah, you want to hurt people, but you've frozen in time. But no, I mean, there's so many who are frozen in time like that because remember, there are people who have run across me online that I had not known for 30 years or 35 years that we're in a relationship. And well, I'm going to come down there, move down there, and I'm going to stalk you. I had one of those too. And and they're not they're not really mentally all there. They have a big family that I know, so I'm not going to put their name out there or the situation to hurt them. But that was an ordeal. They moved down here. Because they found me on social media. And they thought and, she was big and successful now. Yeah, they, no, not even just that. It's like I could have been in a homeless shelter. In their mind, I was big and successful because I fit the like, Yeah, That sounds like that seventh know. floor hospital type of stuff right there. You know, oh, the, yeah, the, floor, the, the seventh, the seventh well, floor that yeah. nobody want to go on because they might not come. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why I think so many people attack Tommy Sotomayor because he has close to 300,000 uh, subscribers and as big as... Uh, and more of a reach than that because that's on that yeah, one channel. More of a reach. Yeah, you got to yeah, say, you gotta say yeah, two or three yeah. million people who watch him. Whatever your subscriber count is, it's always way more. With me, mine is, mine is about 12,000 right now. Um, I'm, I've been online since 2002. As an artist, yeah, as a writer, as a, as a radio dude and videos and just craziness online, plus my life without without the social media was already social media, so you just add water. So these little stories and things, and there have been buzzes, and so so you never really know. So I keep that number down because people reach out to some of them people, and they stalk them. Not even me. They stalk them in my name. Like, I want to get next to Lance, but I got to get to know you. They don't say that, but that's what the tactic is. If I can get all the close inner circle friends who I see Lance interacting with, the closest 25, and, and get to know them, I can hijack that nigga's life. Because Tariq Nassim, he started stalking Tommy. And the only reason why I believe he was stalking him is because Tariq had like 89,000, which is a lot. Right. But why would, if you don't like the guy, why would you even acknowledge him? Yeah, the only reason why he acknowledged him is because he wants to get his fans. Right. The same thing with, with uh that those other two women uh YouTubers I was telling you about, they always talking about him and I'm like, Well well why? I mean the best way to diss somebody is to have them be non existent in your life. Completely, you know? completely. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but you, they you always know, they're it, always talking about him. It, it's funny. And it even goes down to, oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go, go ahead, Lance. I just want to say, like, um, when I go to work, there are three or four women that have outwardly normalized, but they find themselves there. So when I pull out on the bus, they'll walk by, they'll walk kind of in front of the bus. Someone mm-hmm. will get on my bus. Four, four, four who I can name off right now. I know who they are. Mm-hmm. 
Three of them have had friendly dealings with me as a bus driver in a in a in a, in a passenger, and turned that around. And I said, you know, I'm not gonna bother these people on even on a friendly level. And they are stalkers, stalkers for years, and, and they hover. There are men, there are dudes who are undercover gay. Who it, it, I'm not even trying to say it like I'm some some self-important thing. All I'll say is this: as a New Yorker who comes down to Orlando. And many folks who are here, who are here, born and raised before Disney and Universal, and this is just a small hick town, who have that mentality, they see someone who's doing a lot of things, and that fascinates them. It's not me, because the mentality here, aside from those who've moved here, you know, who who moved here and said, hey, I, I, I hustle, I like to live down here, but I'm fast, I'm doing stuff, whatever. These people who are just like caught up in, well, you know, every Saturday, Bubba goes down to the bar. And he drinks with the fellas, and then on Sunday we barbecue, and you know we're just going to get a little truck driving job, and you know live ride out on our years and try to get that retirement. I'm not knocking any of that. I'm just saying that's the mentality. So some of these women who may see a dude who I'm 54, but I'm hyped like I'm 24, right? So it's like, oh wow, a New York, and I can go online and and I share so much about my life. And this is why you have. And then they go online and see your show, see all your videos. It's like, right. ooh, he's, he's like prom. And then they find out you you married. It's like, oh. Oh, no. Right, right, right. No, see, that's the thing. It works oh, no, no, two no, ways. No. Or it works. Yeah, go ahead, Chris, because you, you've been chatting. Yeah, go ahead. I've been rambling. No, no, no. The, the being married, believe it or not, um, it's, it's actually a double-edged sword. Because I don't yeah. know if you guys have ever heard about uh, when you're single, that's when nobody seems to want to approach you, and when, right. you know right. or your options I can, I can, are yeah. very kind of stagnant. But the moment that you get into a committed relationship, and especially yes. when you become married, and it's something about that damn left hand and that ring finger, there are people yes. that actually go out and they target married men and married women. Yes. Why? Because yes. they're succubuses. They're, they're, they're leeches. And they don't yes. have, again, they don't have anything to lose out of yes. messing with yes. a married mm-hmm. man or a married woman. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not, mm-hmm. they're not taking any risks. They're not playing roulette. They don't have to worry about their family being broken up or their marriage coming to an end. And there are people, there are franchises built off of that mentality. How do you have shows Continue called on. Desperate Housewives? I'm going to be back. I have, I have most, a call. Uh-huh. I'll be back. How do you have a show called Desperate Housewives and most of the women not even married? Yeah. But that's, yeah. that's the image even, that, that's portrayed out there. Uh, I don't get off into it either. It's, I think it's sad. I think it's sad and it's pitiful, and I think that it's wrong to go after people and target people because you feel like you can make a come up off of them. You know, if yeah. you put that that same energy into bettering yourself as a person, you'll attract what it is that you supposedly claiming that you want so bad. You know, and it's so funny yeah, because I, I ended up a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Cause I, 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 I have to catch myself sometimes because I, I like no, no, to talk. I, I, I thought you had done. Go ahead and tell me what you were getting ready to say. Oh, no. Um, I was going to say I ended up running into Lance's program um, because it was recommended viewing on YouTube because I actually 
um, was into watching Tommy Sotomayor. I would watch like uh, Dehudi Ma'atra and Alexis K. Tyler when she first started out. Um, and it was so funny because my first run-in with the whole, you know, enlightenment and know thyself and coming into yourself, I started by watching Alexis K. Tyler, okay? And she had, like, the vagina power videos and the vagina power monologues and, and things of that nature. And in looking at her now, I can say, okay, this was a broken individual that had access to a platform and they, she was speaking things that in my younger unevolved state caught my attention. And, you know, she came from a very volatile background and a, you know, disassociated relationship with her mother. And I could relate to that. And so I was a subscriber, I was a follower, and I was, like, really, really into, and it was a situation where my mother and I had had a really bad falling out, and I reached out to Alexis because she was, you know, doing the, the counseling, stuff like that. And I sent her an email, and the response was, this is entirely too long. I don't have time to read all of this. And it David, it disturbed me really, really bad because it was like, you know, you're somebody that I've been sitting here and taking notes because I didn't have that mother to, to groom and cultivate me. I had to hit life and learn it from myself. Thank God my father was what he was, but I didn't have that female influence. And so... This is yet again another black woman, older black woman who's supposed to be, you know, passing down knowledge and wisdom and information. And Mm. you can't even read. You won't even bother to read. But you'll get up on. Yeah, I I just saw this one thing she has on there called penis power. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And and it's crazy because if, if, you know, again, there were certain things that she was tapping into and that she was talking about that resonated with me. But then I started to pay attention to the things that she was saying and her delivery and, you know, something just was off. And then I started to notice how this YouTuber tried to work with her and this YouTuber and that YouTuber tried to work with her. And it was just, she's very, a a very, toxic and chaotic individual and wherever she goes she brings that toxicity and chaos with her so years down the line like four years down the line um when i started getting into like the hoodie my speeches and things of that nature and come to find out he had actually tried to partner with her and work with her on some things and that had to dissolve and it was really really nasty and it was a really long and drawn out situation between the two of them. And it brought me back. And I said, well, you know, this was a lady that in my my weakened, unevolved state, I gravitated to her because she was having the conversations and the dialogues that, um, that my mother wouldn't have with me. And that, you know, you know, Sometimes with 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 people, sometimes with people like that, 
and like say with yourself, you gravitated to them at a time in your life where you needed to hear her message. But because you are growing in your life, you also got to a point where you knew, okay, I got all I could get from her, time to let her go. Because uh-huh. if you stay with her too long, then all the good that she did for you, because she probably did some good for you, all the good she did for you, yeah. she starts to strip it away because you're hearing where her uh, – they, they have a thing called the Peter Principle, where you, you move up in your job and you keep getting uh, uh, you keep getting advancements until you get to your level of incompetence, and then you fall off. And she, in your eyes, she reached her level of incompetence, and you, you had to let her go, you know. So, And then yeah. you found Lance, or maybe you found somebody else that was able to help you move to the next phase of your development, you know. And, and there's some, because I, when I first went to Cynthia, I, I liked what she was saying. But then when I started that, that high-pitched anger in her voice, I was like, do you always have to say, I'm like, you the black, you the black Alex Jones, you know? You ever seen Alex Jones? I have not. He's a white guy. Go look for uh, Alex Jones. You can type him in and watch him. He's like, well, you know, the Illuminati the, the, the and the blah, 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 blah. I mean, everything is with anger, you know? And, and he's got so many people that watch it. And I think some of these okay. YouTubers, I think they like that. They act that way because they 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 know that it gets fans. Like, hey, Lance, you, have you ever heard yes. of Alex Jones? Yes. Oh, the guy yeah. that talks like this and everything. The sun's yeah. coming up, but it's really a bomb. So at 12 noon, it's going to explode. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's scaring one. Everything up in the Bilderberg group, and you know, she, I, I was telling her that Cynthia G is like the Black Alex Jones. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> every everything is like so hyped up and so yeah. immediate that, and you know, the people that listen to that, that are attracted to that, they are going to be your loyal fans. They, you can't, you you won't be able to make up. It's like Donald Trump; he cannot fuck up. Excuse my language. He no, no, it's all, it's all wrong. Yeah, yeah Donald Trump cannot mess up. Huh? What did you say? Yeah, we are all grown. Yeah, he, exactly. he cannot mess up, you know. And, and some of these YouTubers, they they have those followings like that where they can just basically talk all kinds of crap. And but see, nobody... someone suggested that I get into that one a long time ago. I'm like, not calling you crazy, you know. Not not just that way, like the like a uh, uh, Alex Jones, but find a niche and just ride it extremely. And um, it's funny because I'm not going to do that with the whole Lance Skur stuff, but I'm going to do like a live blow by blow boxing thing Saturday coming up, and I, I'm I'm actually going to be like that for the boxing world, but I'm not really speaking that way. I'm going to, you know, be so strong in my prediction for the fight that people are going to come at me, and I'll battle that way, right? They're sports, right? But that, that's why, that, but they'll get promotion. But this stuff, this is me. This is what I do. You see? Yeah. So, I like um, the poker and you do have the your show that you have here, where people, where you have topics and people can weigh in or they can just, I like, I like the, it's like a variety show. 
Like you, you yes, can indeed. like when when I get that notification, when I get that email, say Lance Curve is live. I'm like, what are we talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> and it's it. a good it's feeling funny. to let you feel that way. It's oh, a good feeling. And, and I mean, I mean, okay, you know, it's funny. Did you hear the show about the white woman who likes to mess with black men behind her husband's back? I mean. Look at the ring. I didn't. I, mean, I didn't hear that one. But I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you one that you just recently put up. And and when I tell you, um, well, there was two. The live, um, the live interview that you did with Lisa, Lance. When yes. I tell you, my husband got up to go to the bathroom, and he was like, "You." He was like, "Did you want to show?" I said, "Yeah." I said, "I said," and and it's deep. And he listened for a while, and he said, you want to know what? I'm about to run the wild while I'm going to go get us some coffee. And, and we <laughs> sat up, and we, really? had, we had wild, wild coffee at, like, 2 in the morning, <laughs> almost 3 in the morning, because I was like, I can't nod off on this right here, because this sister, is, is, I felt like I was reliving so many things, listening yes. to her yes. speak, and it, it, it's hard. Dude, like, yes. You don't un- you don't understand how how it is that when when something comes over you or something yes. of a supernatural character yes. hits you, and you can't yes. share that with the world and you can't say that openly because like I I told y'all before, right. mm-hmm. I had so much I had so much hitting me at one time mm-hmm. and I was pulled in so many different directions and I was carrying trauma from when I was a child and things that were done to me as a child. And yes. I, I hit my breaking point. I had a nervous breakdown. But well, there were things that I was seeing there. that led up to mm-hmm. that, that if I would have right. opened my mouth at that hospital, they would have put me on that seventh floor. Right. So I had I to play you. the game. I had to play the game. <laughs> uh, but before, before we get too, too derailed, um, Dave. Hmm? You there? Oh, pirate brain. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, I'm Mr. Here. Pirate Brain. Okay, there was um I found I found the information. I found the information about the um the black president. Okay. So I could I can send it to you. I don't know I don't know how to how to send it oh, to you. Uh, send it to me at uh pirate brain at yahoo dot com. Pirate brain at yahoo dot com. Okay, Lance, you want me to text you the link as well? Yeah, sure, sure. Because I remember yeah. me and Dr. Mona Brockett did a show. She actually named the guy, but I forgot. Um, but, yeah, text me that too. I mean, all information you want to send, always send to me. You know it's at Scurve Media. Or you can send it to the phone number or Scurve Media, you know, that come or both or whichever. Yeah, I'm um, going te- to text, text it right now. And, um, yes, you know, they found, they found another it. severed head, the decapitated head in Mississippi. Of who? Of of a black person? Of a, of a black person. Man, you know, they're finding a lot of uh, black people's decapitated heads around the country. They told wow. us to get out. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. They, yeah, they t- yeah, but they have another, check this out. They have another uh, a YouTube red, you know, that's the YouTube uh, version yeah. where you pay a, a couple dollars every month and you don't get any commercials popping up and they have exclusive movies now on YouTube and they have a movie coming out called The Thinning. And basically in the trailer, it's basically a yep. white movie, but they had it where you, you're taking tests to see how smart you are. And if you fall below a certain level, they kill you for population control 
because the leader does not want stupid people living. They are a burden to society. They're doing that now with the standardized tests in the schools and stuff like They have tests right now that they're administering to children as early as third grade that determines how many jails and how many correctional facilities they need to uh, put up in certain areas because based on the the test results that are given, well, these people are going to be successful. These children are going to fall by the wayside, and they're probably going to end up in the penal system. We're putting up right. more jails and correctional facilities than we're putting up schools and libraries and, and, and learning, you know, come on now.
whatever it is that they can take from our race, it'll it'll be taken and it'll be used to their advantage to leverage them. But there'll be no credit and there'll be oh, no respect given the way it comes from. Yeah, they they've done this yep. all the time because it's it's one of those situations where you figure they don't like black people, but yet they spend all this time in the tanning room. They don't like black That's people, all. but yet they'll throw dreadlocks in the head. They don't like black people, but they'll they'll get butt implants. You know, and they do all of this stuff, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's really like an envy. And they won't get rid of us because they they are vampires. Lazy. They, they hate <laughs> us, but they cannot right. survive without us. You think right. white people could have killed the fields in, in, back in slavery time? They would have got cancer from the sun. Right. You know, they, they, they couldn't do the work that we did, but yet they put, enslaved us and built all of their wealth on our backs. Right, and right. And then they call us lazy. Exactly. But the trick to that, the trick to that is they did it <laughs> while making us hate ourselves in the process. Because it keeps us in that, check to serve them more. Yep, well, that is the key all right part there. Of the game when somebody is uh, when somebody's abusive, let's say you're in an abusive marriage and your husband's abusive. What's the first thing he does? He assassinates your character. He makes you feel like you a bad person, like you no good. Mm-hmm. And then, then after Back that, make, yeah. Then after that, he'll 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 keep telling you, "Don't nobody else want you. You lucky to be with me." Right, right, right. And you and you wind mm-hmm. up believing. But he'll work. Woman. They'll work hard to keep that person away from somebody else who can appreciate you. So that's why they don't oh, want no, us to be dealing on business on a, on a world scale, on a worldwide oh. level. If we think beyond America, it's a problem now. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most black people have never left the country. Probably never left their own city. But I'll say never left the yep. country for sure, unless. Like, when I tell people I went to Argentina, you know the first thing they say, oh, were you in the military? Like, no, that's the only reason why, exactly. That's the only way you can leave if you were, they suppose that's the only reason why you can leave. And now what they do is they show you all of this stuff going on in the world. So you are so scared. You're scared to death. Why would you go to London? They just blew up three things over there. Well, I don't know. Why would you live in Chicago or Tennessee or Mississippi for that matter? As a black person, you know, there's people always talking about the Chicago killing. You know, Tennessee's got more murders than Chicago than, than uh, Illinois does. Tennessee got a lot of murders going on, but they don't. Talk uh, Memphis about that. ain't nothing nice. Whenever a white person kills somebody, oh, this mentally ill person did such and such and such. But when a black person kills somebody. Yeah, this thug did such and such. But white person mm-hmm. does something wrong, oh, they, they were mentally ill, you know. Mm-hmm. If, if a white person had went in a church and killed 11 black people, you think the white the police would have pulled them out alive like they did with that Dylan Roof? They gave him Burger King. They gave him Burger mm-hmm. King. Yeah, and gave him Burger King. Yeah, because deep down, mm-hmm. they, they are all part of that white supremacist uh, system and they, they get on cold. You know, once stuff happens, they get on cold. You know, oh, she killed three kids, but she had postpartum uh, depression 
and blah, blah, blah. A, a black woman killed three kids, and they said she was a crack whore uh, on welfare. A welfare oh, crack. my God. Do y'all remember uh, it was a couple years back there was this young black lady. She was a single mother. She didn't have a babysitter. She had two kids. She had a job interview. And the lady that was supposed to keep the kids flaked on the last minute, and she, she went to go to the job interview, but she left the kids in the car. Y'all yeah, remember that? I remember that. She ended up yeah, on Dr. Phil, yeah. too. And, and it was it was a shameful situation because you want to know what, what do you do when your back is up against the wall and you have to provide for your family? You know, like like what do you do? When family can't always be tra- – you don't have money for a babysitter. Like, what do you do in that type of situation? You can't bring the kids in there and ask the secretary in the office to keep an eye on while you're interviewing. Like, what do you do? Yeah. When you're unemployed yeah. and you have two kids, you know, like, what do you do in that situation? Yep. yep. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's just – it was a white person, they'd have been on TV. If it was a white woman, they'd have been on TV – you know, all empathetic, saying, and yes, yeah, she was just trying to get a job, doing the right thing. You know? Let me tell you something. They would have donated, they would have gave her a house, gave her a car, food for a year, and, and they would have, trust me, they would have made sure and looked out for her. But a black yeah. woman, you're an animal. And the now, now here, here's the flip side. Here's the flip side to that. They set up a. There was a young lady that set up a GoFundMe for for the black lady because I mean she went to jail and everything. It was bad. She was in and out of the court systems and stuff. They tried to take her kids. It was horrible. So this lady saw the story and she went and she set up a GoFundMe page. Okay, I think it it grossed like over two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I want to say and they they made sure that the funds went to the lady. They opened up an investigation on this woman to see what she was spending that money on. And then they did this thing where they, they drug on that? Dr. How Phil. They, they, do they did it. They did it. And it was it was crazy. It it was a young white lady that went and opened up a GoFundMe account for her. Uh to help with the situation. And the attorney fees and stuff like that. But what ended up happening was the lawyer that she was working with regarding the case flipped on her, okay? And then the, while they, all this was going on, they were doing these these investigations. Like, she got $250,000. People donated on GoFundMe, but she's spending this amount on Netflix and this amount on going out to eat and this amount she just bought a car and this amount. And I'm sitting here like, wait a minute here. Wait a minute here, because I know plenty of white folks that fell on hard times and they got GoFundMe's and nobody asked, nobody sat there and kept a tally of what was spent and how it was spent. Yeah, and, and, and not only that, really, first of all, she needed a car. She needed a car because, well, I mean, if I if, if I was in her situation, first thing I probably would have done is I would have said, okay, I got $200,000 if I got to keep that much after the court cases. First thing I would have done was said, okay, where can I uh, get, uh, where can I buy me a cheap house? I buy me a house, I buy me a car, yeah. and hell, after living in all of that kind of uh, uh, terrible situation, I probably would have gotten Netflix too. It's cheaper than cable. So why they they making a big deal out of nothing, really? 
They they made a big shadu out of that, and then they sat there and said they they tried to sanction the funds that she were was gifted, and said that X amount of dollars should have been put into a trust fund for each child. Like like when when the courts found out that people stepped up and were rallying behind this woman woman because she was actually trying to better her situation. How about this? She was one of those black women that didn't want to just sit on the system and collect a check. How about that? The very the very topic of the show that Lance was talking about earlier. She was one of those yes, women indeed. that wasn't trying to sit on Section Eight. She right. had a job you in you. She, she didn't leave her kids in the car because she was going to the club. She didn't right. leave her kids in the house unattended because she wanted to go go juke somewhere. She had a job interview. That's right. You well, know, you know the system. So, the system is set up to make you fail. It, it, it's a white supremacist system, I, and I don't have a problem. Years ago, I had a problem always going to that. My friends say, "Damn, Dave, you milling it as hell." I'm like, because I'm seeing what's going on. I left. It. I saw it before. I felt it. I left the country, and when I came back, my eyes were open. And and I see, I've worked in places where I see the the, the results of the white supremacy. So it, it 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 it's designed to make us fail at every level. That same thing that happened to her, if it was a white woman, they would have said, "Oh, look at her now. She got enough money. She can get a house." And even black mm-hmm. people turn on us like Oprah. I'm so disgusted with, with the way Oprah and and them them other two got Tyler Perry and them treated Monique. See, I'm from Baltimore, so Monique <laughs> is a homegirl. Monique's a homegirl. So I'm like, you going to do that to Monique? She got paid $50,000 to do that movie. That movie was a hell of a success. It, 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 it won so much money, so many awards. She got an Academy Award, and you wouldn't give her more money so she could go to cons. You expected her to do it for free, and she got a new baby? That's not right. When them other cats got a million bucks, you know, and, and so you expect her to go with that $50,000. Shit, that's $50,000 is nothing. But you know what the beauty of the situation was? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. I liked seeing and the beauty of that situation right there, when mm-hmm. I sat there, and, and I, I'll tell you this. I don't care what a couple does behind closed doors. What What two people do, that are in union under God, that's that's between them and their creator. I didn't create no heaven or no hell to put nobody in. So I'm not going to sit down and speak on whether a person has an open marriage, a closed marriage, a a, a jar marriage. That's not my, my thing. But when I saw that man stand by his wife's side, who is not just his wife, but is also his best friend, and he let it be known what he would not tolerate and what he's not going to accept, and his wife will not be disrespected, and she is going to be treated as such. When I saw that, I said that's black love right there to the nth degree. Yeah, and I said behind Monique 100%. As sure as I said that, our own it was our own people. Up there, yeah, but they got they got this open marriage, and you know he only sitting here saying this because she got the she holding the purse. At the end of the day, 
How many of y'all up here commenting on somebody else's relationship got somebody in your corner? How many of y'all no purse strings for that woman? That's that's not true. You know that is that's she ain't holding it from him. That's not true. You know, but but the thing of it is, a lot of them, like Oprah, for example, she went and built them schools over in Africa. And okay, I get it. But how come you not? But you in Chicago and you're a billionaire, you're not spending money here. This chance the rapper got a couple million dollars, and he's giving a million dollars to the Chicago school system. And you a billionaire, and Chicago made you a rich person, and you can't, and, and you're going to say, no, you ain't building those schools here because black people are lazy? Well, I'm going to say that. I, I was done with that's, that's why we have to, as a people, know the difference between what we're dealing with because we might all have various levels of melanin in us, but we ain't all cut from the same cloth. See, there there, there are black folks, there's African-Americans, so right. and then there's niggas. And then there are those <laughs> of us that get to a certain status and we forget that we have any color on us at all until the opposing team has to politely remind us that oh you you can't shop here. I don't care who you are. Yeah. And then all and then when that happens she wants to go and scream foul to all the black folks. Look, I'm black too. Look at what they did to me. No, you Child. just had an inconvenience. <laughs> you know, you had an inconvenience. On T V <laughs> and Hollywood that have sold themselves sold their soul. Oprah, Lee Daniels, Tyler Perry. Tyler, I remember when he first came out. We was bootlegging his his play, and 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 we made him big. And now you want to dog somebody? You done came but, up, and you ain't gonna pay black people right what they deserve. What a lot That's of people right. don't know is Tyler actually snatched his whole Madea bit from a drag queen in Atlanta. And see, Tyler is from New Orleans, you know. And I get the whole coming from humble beginnings. Don't you know? I get the whole coming from humble beginnings. Everybody's not born with a silver spoon in their mouth, you know. But don't ever allow wherever life propels you to cause you to forget where you came from, because the same people that you meet going up, you end up having to see those same people when you fall. See, for us, it's that simple, though. But for them. It's not because you you better believe that Tyler Perry and 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 Oprah Winfrey, especially if you black and you get that kind of money, then you you are owned. Somebody owns you. You can't have that kind of money. Control that kind of money. I I won't say the word have because you don't have money. You just control it. Whenever you control that kind of money, the people, the big people that are pulling strings, are gonna yoke your chain. So. You gotta treat black people a certain way if you black and in that position because they're not gonna stand for you getting too many black people helping too many black people up. I mean, because I don't know if you remember back, I think it was in the nineties, Oprah had made a comment about she was gonna stop eating meat on television. That's all. She didn't say nothing bad. She just said, "I don't think it's good for you, and I'm gonna stop eating." It. Do you know that here in Texas, the uh, the the cattle owners got together and they sued her because in the law books there is a law 
that says you cannot talk bad about cattle. And they probably have it about different other things, but cattle is one thing. And they sued her, and they one of their uh, people said they're going to send that nigga back to the hood. They were planning on stripping. They were going to take all of her money. And I don't know if you remember because this was this was in the nineties. Wasn't the beginning. It was like in the middle of her career. And they were going to. They were actually. She did the show in Texas while she was in 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 uh, in court because she moved the whole production here to Texas. I can I I can can recollect seeing several times um individuals of Caucasian persuasion speaking on um the inappropriate properties of consuming meat and you know how animals are treated inhumanely and you know so that the double edged sword again that and how about this well, yeah, if a person people can't do it. to stop if a person chooses to stop consuming something for their own personal beliefs or their own personal physical gain, then they should have the freedom of speech to do so. But see, at that time, she was in her height. And if Oprah came on television and said, this book is all awesome, the next day it sold a million copies. <laughs> that's, that's, how, yeah. that's how big Oprah was at that time. So, when she said she wasn't going to eat meat no more, the meat went down and stopped. These stocks went down. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it was a huge deal. And even to this day, meat has never fully recovered because if you look at it now, Chick-fil-A is beating out all of the fast food joints in the country. I mean, they're, they're, they're tearing them up. And Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. So Chick-fil-A is giving, they spotting you a day, you know, because all the mother stores are open seven days a week. They're giving you a day, and they're still winning because people are getting tired of eating that beef, you know. And it, <laughs> it, it's part of global warming, too. I mean, uh, a lot of uh, beef production causes more damage to the environment than even driving the car. It costs a lot. It takes a lot of energy to raise beef, you know. I love beef. I don't. I can't eat all the time because I can't afford it anymore. So I might eat. I might eat a steak every two months, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you, uh, I just want to say, Nicole, you're on the line. If you want to join in, and, and this is not. Um, this is actually right now a recording. Well, we're we're recording this now, but it's not mm-hmm. live to whoever is not called in. So. You can feel free to jump oh, in the no, conversation, but but it will go up. It will go mm-hmm. up, you know. Um, hey, Nicole, how you doing? Hi, Nicole. I, hi, Crystal. Oh, I, I heard you guys popping it up. I was, um, I lost my phone and I was asleep, and when I got up, I was like, oh, um, Lance is doing a show, like when I finally found my phone. So I, I saw the show, and I heard you guys talking, you and Mr. Pirate Brain. I was like, okay, this is great because they're really, you know, giving a great guy perspective on it. And then the phone, the um, the video went out, and I was like, oh, okay. I wonder, maybe they're gonna, um, you know, try again another time because I guess she must have had a storm. But then something told me to call really in. 
the line. <laughs> so I, mean, I heard it still going. So I was like, oh, that's weird. But I'm glad about it, Nicole. Hmm? What do you think about uh, people getting ready to get thrown off uh, Section 8 and in regards to how men, black men, and women mm-hmm. relate to each other well, and are going to um, have to relate to each other in the future. Well, my thoughts on the topic and why I kind of wanted to hear, um, ask Lance to do a show and get everyone to chime in on it is um, I think that um, it's, kind of like a long overdue um, thing that needed to happen. Um, and I just kind of think it's going to change the dynamics with black men and women in a bad way. Because the thing about America is um, America is not like other countries. Um, and I guess that's why, you know, people – to foreigners, this place is kind of like a place just paved with gold because they actually, if you need something, they actually, there's ways to get it. When you're in other countries, like third world countries, let's say like Jamaica or Africa, there's no real social, a strong social system that gives you things that you need. It's like a lot harder. Like you're not, if you lose your job, there's no unemployment. If you, you know, certain things and um, it has to be some sort of charity thing, it has to be, when it's charity, usually it's something that the community is doing, coming together and giving Mm -hmm. to others, always coming from the government because a lot of times, for whatever reason, um, the funds are not there. So I think that um, America has, created a dynamic where we are kind of living in a way that is more expensive than we can afford. Even like the people that don't have as much money, they still have a maybe a cushier situation than other places. And I think with um, the way that the economy is shifting globally, I think that's going to start changing. I heard a lot of, um, I'm a little long-winded, I heard a lot of videos from black men on YouTube that saying, you know, oh, Section 8's getting cut, you're going to need a man now, X, Y, and Z. They're talking about how, you know, they've been railroaded by the child support system and all the things along that line. I just really think that if these cuts happen, it's going to make it harder for black men, it's not going to be something where they can rejoice. It's going to actually make it more difficult because whatever, um, you know, stipend or cut the discount program that Uncle Sam was giving you before, you're not going to have that now. So how can you, not to say that you guys are doing this, but just the other people that I saw doing the videos just talking about the women and how they're so awful, it's just kind of like, how can you, you know, say that it's going to really fall back on you more now. So that's kind of, that's not my complete take on it because I don't believe how will it, How will it fall back in a, in a negative way? Well, um, what I was saying is the way that it's going to fall back in a negative way is if, you know, for instance, um, you, it's less money now. Like if you're, if, if you 
um, had something that was there and it's not there anymore that was being given to you and it was, you know, helping your child um, and it's not well, there, black, then black it's men like, aren't on welfare. Black, they don't give it to black men. Well, I know that, um, Mr. Pyrebrain, I'm very aware of that, mm-hmm. that, um, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not the same for men. Like if a man can't get certain things, he doesn't have those options like women that have children. Um, right. What I'm saying is that I'm just speaking from the dynamic of someone, a man and a woman that has a child, and right, right. for whatever reason, she's getting benefits and subsidized housing from the government that if mm-hmm. she's getting that anymore, then it's going to fall back more on the um, on the man because he's going to have to help her more. Not to say that he's not helping her, but whatever she's getting, you know what I'm saying? It's not going to make the situation better. And it's not that I'm saying that I support the whole child support system and how women are abusing it. I don't support that at all. I believe that, um, you know, if you're a woman, I was taught to, you need to get up and get a job. And, you know, you should be able to support yourself. But I just kind of feel that even bigger than the dynamic of the gender war between black men and black women that they're trying to, you know, um, they're trying to advocate, I think it's one to affect all races because if people have less money, then it's going to create more crime. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's going to uh it's going to affect everybody, but I guess what my concern is when it comes to black folks, obviously because mm-hmm. I'm black, and um, black women is because I do have a, a spot in my heart for black women, but I'm frustrated with black women because I hear so many, not all of them, but so many say, I don't need a man. And then when you turn around, you see them with, with, with men that are uh, just no good, you know. And then they mm-hmm. have kids by them. And then when I've seen this in my life because I'm 56, so I've come up from, mm-hmm. you know, being younger. And I've seen so many women that they go through all of this fun period in their life and all of this sleeping with who they want to. And then finally it comes to dawn on them, well, let me go try to find a good man. So that good man back in high school couldn't get no play because mm-hmm. he was boring. And now mm-hmm. you want him to come, and when I say you, I don't mean you, but I'm saying. And, no, and, I, and, and I, that I, women, I don't understand. Yeah, now the women want to come and get let the good man come and clean up years mm-hmm. of their foulness. And, and and I just think that they're going to wake up into a reality. Those women that were acting foul like that, they're lost because a good man is not going to take. I, me personally, I would not have a relationship with a woman with four kids. The only way I could, if I talked to her and found out maybe she was a widow, something like that. But if she mm-hmm. had like several babies, daddies, mm-hmm. uh-uh, I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mess with them. So, but I do say the new women coming up that haven't been through that now, they're gonna have to think twice. They ain't gonna be able to say, "Well, I'm gonna go sleep with that thug because he's cool," you know. And I hate yeah. using the word thug because that's a word they throw on us, but. So yeah, it's, it's a cold word, word. black. 
<laughs> yeah, for for niggas. So I might as well just say nigga. They gonna fuck with that Yo, nigga. We, we 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 understand. We talk about family now. We understand. Yeah, you know? yeah. See, see, see now that we're on the recording, I don't have to say not all, but some here because now it's just us on this recording. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you all know how I talk. That's a, a tremendous relief. So women are gonna have to take care of their bodies and stop giving their bodies to these guys and letting them use it up. So when they get to a good guy, they don't have nothing left to give. I heard this one guy, I don't know if this was on the last show or another show, but this one guy said every woman deserves a man's best years and every man deserves a woman's best years. So why would you want somebody that their best years are over? Not because they're older, it's because, you know, you have four kids, man. I had one, I was a single father. I had one yeah. child, and, man, she was enough. Four yeah. kids? Oh, can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah. Now, if it was my own kids. One will do it. Yeah, There's a lot of resentment out there also. I mean, there's a lot of heavy resentment that, and it's not just because I'm in the street driving because we all hear no life, but I'm really getting it um, in the street down here because down here is a backward place. Um Mentally, you know, yeah. anywhere, the mentality is the real thing. It doesn't mean the location, but the mentality overall. You have some yeah. brilliant brothers and sisters down here who are progressive, but the sad part of it is that many and and most of those in the black communities down here, it's, it's so behind. You, I mean, to live mm-hmm. here, I, I didn't know it was going to be this way, and now they're feeling it first probably, and those particular cuts have not even come into play yet, but if it happens, I mean, even now there's so much of a resentment because there are many young ladies who, and I say the young ladies because it, they've come into this time not knowing. I, I, okay, um, I've been driving, I won't even say how many years, but it's over a decade, and I've watched 13-year-old girls become 23-year-olds with three, four, and five, and six kids. I've seen their little short party resentment phases and and how they thought that that was going to last forever and how uh, uh, them being sexually available in their mind made it where, well, this is going to be how I pay for everything and how I get around and these little dope boys that they're around. And, and I'm zeroing in. I'm not saying this is everyone, but those dope boys that they're around, you know, they're with this and this one gets knocked up and locked up, and then here's another one they mess with. Now they're not getting their hair done. They're not getting four and five hundred dollars thrown out. Hey, girl, go ahead and spend that money. So on. You know, it's gone now, and and now these women. It might, I'm just using this as an example. 23 years old, you know, I'm 10 years ago. Now they're looking. 43 can look good, you know. 53 can look good if you're doing right, but mm-hmm. they look like a beat up 43 year old who ain't living right. I mean, you know, that could be yeah, rough. Yeah. You know, I mean, okay, look at Mrs. Skirv. She's going to be 53 this month, right? It's how you live. Oh, wow. So you yeah. can't. Wow. I, I, I know. I know. Ladies that are seventy-three, their skin is. They keep good care of themselves. God, you know, God bless them. But all I'm saying is that you can see that the wear and tear on them at such a young age, it, it's like not good because they were not prepared. And when they get on my bus, look. And I'm much older than these young ladies, right? But I am that guy. I represent that guy that they never paid any mind to. That right, I was yeah. below their scope because you work. First of all, I work, so they would yeah. never mess with me, right? They don't, they, they yeah. like those little pharmaceutical independent contractors that they deal with. But <laughs> so now, 
you know, the downtown, funny part about it is downtown Orlando, as far as the bus depot, the bus station, mm-hmm. is, is, is the block over from the court. And the court looms over. It looms oh, over the downtown. And it's funny because you can be up there or on the highest floor and look down or on the lowest floor and look down. You walk into that, the, the bus station. And they leave these places. I've got cussed out many a time, many an afternoon. There was one time I got cussed out so bad. The bus was packed. It was time to go. I let this young lady get on with her child. She, she, was, she was short, so, so she pushed her way into the crowd. I couldn't see her. And the rule is five miles an hour until you get off of, out of the bus depot property, right? Five miles mm-hmm. an hour is real slow. So yeah. The only jerk that you feel is when you lift your foot off the brake. Now, some buses are different. Some jerk a little more. Some ease off. But that does not, it's not enough to make you fall down, right? Mm-hmm. So I ease off, and she, I am. You literally, at least wait for a bitch to sit down. Oh, have a hammer, you motherfucker. And she just went on. I said, and I let it, I let it go on to make folks hear it. And I said, listen, ma'am, even though she's younger, I said, listen, ma'am, nobody wants to hear your profanity. They worked hard all day. They're going home. Show a little respect. I got the respect. So when I turned the bus to get out, I turned right into the first available bus stop right there, which is for the free shuttle. There was a cop standing there. I called him over. I explained to him what it was going on. I mean, I had to do it this way because if she did this downtown, once we got miles away, who knows what would have happened? Oh, so it's gonna hit you. Exactly, it would have been one of those situations. So I explained to him and I said, "Listen, you need to take this garbage off my bus." I said, "You're gonna be a sanitation man right now. You need to take this." Gu-. And she kept cussing, cussing, cussing everybody. And the funny part when I pulled off, there was a guy who came from the back and he said, "Hey, man." I just want to tell you about that girl that just got off the bus. I said, what's up with her? He says, well, listen, I just came from the child support court and, and the awkward to do an adjustment upstairs, and she came out after me because I still had to talk with somebody. She she came out of the chambers after me, and she was screaming with her girlfriends, and what I got from it was, was that the guy that she has the child with, she couldn't get any money from it all because come to find out he has some slight mental issue which keeps him from having to pay, right? Now, mm-hmm. he, he was a drug dealer, and I know the guy. He was a drug dealer. He was making all this money. You know, it wasn't making a million bucks, but, but ghetto fabulous. He was making a lot of money, and she couldn't get nothing out of him, and that's why she was mad at you. That's why she was oh, mad yeah. at you. Because, wow. see, like I say, the stability that is there. You know, a guy like me looks real good. When you're coming out from the cold, and I don't mean me, I mean those like me, yeah, I know exactly what, you what we represent. Yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah. And 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 now you look real good, and I've run across that to a lot of women who have been beat down and lived the party life. And and when you can discern that spirit, they they can be tourists, they can be somebody who you never saw before, and there's there's a resentment that. My, and I'm not bragging on the plantation benefits, okay, but. You know, they say, okay, this guy can get his glasses, he can get his teeth done, he can go to the doctor, whatever. They look at those things, and, yes, they offer those things. I don't brag on that because I'm trying to get away from the plantation. But when you don't have anything or a man who's thinking about securing you, not that you yeah. need it as a woman to, to secure, but you want a man who's thinking about you to secure you, you even more because 
that's in a woman's nature. Not that you're going to sit there and don't need it because you know what? I need you, woman, symbolically. I need you for that same type of thing in a different way of what you bring. We need each other. But, but, but yeah. the, uh, the apple cart has been upset, and so we're against mm-hmm. each other. See? So, so now, yeah. you know, even the women who, who get on, and it's, not, it's just life. It's not even about getting on the bus. But I use that because I get a, you get the direct thing. You get it directly. And another reason why is because when I get on that bus, when I get about the bed, I'm showered. I'm shaved. I'm clean cut. My clothes are pressed. See? I'm I, 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 wearing my cologne, not to be worldly, but I keep myself, my toenails, are, there's no dirt up under them. When I get home, I'm cleaner than most before they leave their house. Right? So I give that off. Folks see how I eat from there. They just see me eat little on certain things. And then when I carry, I carry myself a certain way, when I approach anybody in public, these women don't see that little, hey, 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 hey girl, what's your name? No, I don't do that. I, may, I, I don't even look these women in the eye. Not out of fear, but out of respect. And I don't want them to think I'm looking at their bodies or anything like that. And I, and I give yeah. a strong answer. I'm very clear in how I communicate. Even see, I play when I'm on the shows more so than anything else. But when I'm outside, I'm strict military. I'm not in the military, but I mean that demeanor. Yeah, you're about business. If, if you if you want to understand my demeanor, it's like being in the fruit of Islam. When I'm out there, I'm standing upright. I keep my eyes to myself. I show respect to everybody who gives it, and some, and a lot of them see that, and it's like. What kind of fan is this? And when I told about for a day, for a season, this has been the whole time I've been in public working. So people know me as a no-nonsense something. So you cannot yeah. come, and I'm not speaking anti-woman, but for those who have those games, you cannot come to me with those little, I want to manipulate him and make him want me and get something out of or play this power trip and whatever. I, 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 mm-hmm. When they come on the bus and try to fight the card and fall into me and brush a breast on me or their cleavage is hanging out or they're sitting up in the front seat with their legs hanging out and stuff. I don't, I don't pay that no mind. That, that, it comes under, that does not influence me. But I will still give them respect in a way that they know they might not have deserved it at that point by the way they carry themselves, and that sets them straight. And, and some, yeah. of them, some of them get quiet. Some of them get mad because, oh, you're not responding to my little ghetto hood rat tricks. Yep. But those yeah, who are. Exactly. Yeah. And the women who are about respect find it refreshing. They say, bus driver, I've been riding with you for the last two weeks, and I love the way you carry yourself. You show respect, and whoever your wife is has got to be proud of you. And as a matter of fact, there have been times I've been in Walmart, I've been in the street with Mr. Skurve, and I've had people that I didn't even know who they were because they were faceless to me. And they walk up to us and say, listen, your husband, you got a good husband because I see how he carries himself and you're not around. He don't know me. You got a good man. I'm not saying it to tap my own horn, but you have to carry yourself that way. When somebody comes up to you and to your wife and says something like that. Oh, lots of times. Lots of times. Lots of times. Look, there are people. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You know what a a lot of women don't understand, and some women get it, but a lot of women don't understand men are so simple. I mean, we're not as complicated as women are. You know, and, and, <laughs> You're right. we're not, we're not as complicated as women. Mm-hmm. Look, there's three things that a man needs 
and I'm not saying like like a hood rat. We know. Go ahead and talk, man. I know food and sex is one of them. That's it. We need our stomach full. We need sex on the regular, and we need to be told that we are great. Even when but, we but, but, Mr. Pirate Brain, let me just also add, I agree with you on that, but I agree and don't agree. Now, I do agree with you, but see, many of the lower vibration-minded women, they'll run with just that. But see, with me and with you, see, you've conquered that, see, and I've conquered that. Right. And we really know but, but those are righteous well, desires now. We're well, made that way. But the common life. man thinks that way. I'm, I'm, you know? I'm not saying that that's, that's the end and be all of it. But right. what, I, what I'm saying is, as a wife, see, what a lot, of, a lot of women will do in a relationship is they might be living that way. And the moment you don't do something they want or they disagree with you, they get mad and say, okay, cook your own meal. or Here's a tuna fish sandwich, and you, and you can sleep on the your, – your, your, your bed stuff is on the couch. <laughs> and it's like that's the worst time to do that. You, you do not hold sex back from your partner. Even if you're a man, you don't – if your woman comes to you and says she wants sex, man, you better man up and do the best you can. You yeah, but see, okay, okay, no, no, I, I understand I that a, part. I got but a question see, about that. I got a question yeah, about that. Uh, uh, yeah, and well. just from the female perspective on it, um, I think our equipment works a little differently because mm-hmm. as as a woman, Where you going with that? Yeah. I, no, I, I'm I'm just saying as a woman, I find it difficult to be sexually intimate with my partner if things are out of alignment in terms of our communication and other facets of our relationship that tie into the home. You know, anybody can lay down and spread it. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. The point is when you're in a committed relationship, you have to have that intimacy. You have to, you know, my my father used to always say, you you don't let the sun, you know, go down on you being mad. You don't let the Mm -hmm. sun go down on you being angry. But but when you're, you're in a unit, you're in a union, and things aren't 100, it's kind of hard to always uphold that mantle of no matter what my significant other puts me through, I'm going to maintain this caliber of existence at all times. You know, right. I, if I, if I, your significant other is being a dog, I, I get it. But if it's just like a day-to-day, you know, sometimes you argue about things that later, a year later, you're like, why were we arguing about that? I'm talking about those type of things. You know, well, 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 let, me, let me add into that. As a man, I, I have to earn it. I don't mean like some strange woman out there and I got to pay her some money because that's never going to happen. But, but as a man in a committed relationship, I have to earn it. You see, a lot of men feel that when they're in a committed relationship that it's just a matter of, okay, do this, do that, push a button, spout it out. I'm talking about marriage. I'm not talking no, about no, no, Right, 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 right. But let me, let me just finish that. You still have to earn it. And earn it means you have to have a certain standard. Um, like, okay, if, if, if she's not feeling good physically, mentally, or spiritually, I don't want it. And it's not about an oh, yeah, it yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. because, because it's it's the connection on a mental, spiritual, and physical level is a continuation of making love when you're aligned properly. 
So this is why but I always I'm say that. About that no, no, no. I know, I know. But that. I'm talking yeah, but, about the manipulative person that wants to control you. No, well, see, then they're not the connected to you the right way. It's not about control. Yeah, if, if each person gaze more than they receive, and they both have that same mentality in a relationship, you will never go wrong. Once you align or try to align with somebody who is a controlling thing or using one aspect to control you, that's not a relationship. That's an exchange, and you'll get the short end of it. You see what I mean? But in a relationship where you are both truly concerned with each other, there are times when you'll find that you are not even having the physical aspect of it as much as you used to have it, but the feeling is just as good. Holding hands is orgasmic. Embracing is orgasmic. Sitting down to the table is orgasmic. Knowing that because one day we're not going to be in these bodies, and I do feel somehow, some way, you know, they say things biblically, but I believe somehow, some way, we continue on when we have a connection. You see what I mean? And that energy swirls and we're, we're, we're binded, bounded righteously. So it's almost like we're here in the physical, like a plane trying to lift off on a runway. Once we lift mm-hmm. off, we out of our bodies. That love making still goes on because love is more than just a physical connection or a certain uh, uh, a round peg in a round hole. You know what I mean? So it, wow. it, it, even then, like, that's just something that's not right because now that's based on something else. And a lot of men who find themselves in those unions are the ones who, I'm not saying, I'm going to say something extreme to make a point because you can break mm-hmm. it down. Those are the ones who flash their cash and attract that woman on some kind of way where, hey, girl, you can get this if you give me that. that, that that's right. all that is. And now they're, they're giving you this, and you're giving them that. And it was, yeah, the well, that may not be there, the this may not be there. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, but we're referring to two different situations. I'm not referring to the guy that's selling drugs and splashing the cash, basically creating a whore out of the woman. He's no, right, right. I'm it's about the committed God. relationship. And it's not committed if she's going to do that to you. If she does that to you, it's not going to be committed because you shouldn't have to ask. It flows. You're connected. You're not focused on anybody else in the whole world. You're focusing on each other. I know when Mrs. Scurve don't feel good. I know when she has something on her mind. I know when things aren't right, not because of something bad between her and I, but because of something external. So that's why when people, you know, and hopefully she'll she'll communicate that. But sometimes a woman may not be also ready at that point or able to communicate on something, and you have to be in touch with her on a higher level than just, you know, I'm not saying this is you, but I I know that, hey, girl. Oh, man, I, I'm feeling kind of, you know, tonight. But how are you going to decide that when it's not just you in the relationship? You see what I mean? So, oh, yeah. no, and, see, no, and, and I know that. I'm just saying to, to round out the point, the, 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 the point being that I don't, if you ain't right, I don't want it. Not, not saying you're not right, but if you're off kilter, if you're off balance, if you, if you need to attain a certain balance between the mental, physical, and spiritual and feel good, let me tell you something. The other night, and I put it public. We bought these uh, uh, beach chairs, but they're really nice. We have a sun porch that faces out to the back that has uh, the screen screened in, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the yard is sizable. It's very private. Mm-hmm. We never sat out there together like the way we did the other night. We sat out there, but we got these chairs. We, we moved some of the stuff out of the way. It wasn't junky, junky, but we see all into the garden. And I said, listen, tonight, let's go out there just for 10 minutes before we go to bed. And so she said, okay. 
because usually, you know, she's tired from working and she runs right in. I said, no, we need to enjoy some downtime incrementally instead of waiting for the big weekend or the big day or the big vacation. We sat out there. We talked. We relaxed. And it's like we almost dozed off. And she said, listen, let's go to bed. I, I, this was so good. And then we went in the bed and hugged and fell asleep and woke up feeling orgasmic. Ain't nothing happened. See, so it, it, because it's beyond just bend over, suck on right, this, right, or right, do that. Right. That's nice. But see, the liftoff in the relationship already happened. So, mm-hmm. so when you take liftoff, then wheels don't have to be under you no more, right? Yeah, you, you can yeah. do that. You can have the wheels out, but it's useless now because we've taken flight. We are beyond the physical. So, right, so right, her feeding right. me something in my mouth when I'm at the table or the pleasure. You know, even even yesterday we went to a a sushi joint where we had mm-hmm. vegan and vegetarian rolls, right? And so mm-hmm. it was nothing but white folks in there. I'm gonna write about my experience because it wasn't too positive on a racism level, very subtle. Mm-hmm. But when they saw me walk in, and they saw her walk in, she was dressed nice had a little handbag on, had little heels on, everything, mm-hmm. whatever. And then I was dressed mm-hmm. casual, nice, and smelling good, all mm-hmm. upright and whatnot. And these folks are looking at us, and they're not mm-hmm. just looking at us because of the color of our skin, but I smacked them all in the face by the way I treated my wife. And she smacked them all in the face by the way she looked at me and respected me, that we didn't look like something off a world star hip-hop. We didn't go down to their low expectations of us, I held the chair for her, as I always do inside when nobody sees her. I held the door for her. I picked a piece of something out of her hair that wasn't even there just to show them how attentive I was. And when I mm-hmm. sat down with six, and I felt so mighty, and she's mm-hmm. looking at me, and I'm looking at her, and she knew how it was. the whole restaurant stopped and got quiet. And they were mm-hmm. looking at us like, oh, my God. And even the Japanese Americanized Japanese waitress came over, and she says, oh, you're such a gentleman. And I explained to Mr. Skirt, I said, you know what? The way they think about us, it was a big thing because they wouldn't expect that from somebody who looked like me. But I bet you if the white man did it, it's business as usual. But they didn't expect that. It's that someone will come to you and say that you're such a gentleman because it's like saying, to say that is like saying, Oh, I wasn't expecting you to be a gentleman. I know that, but they don't you know, know how they were giving it away. They, they didn't realize how they were giving it away. They probably expected me. Look at this five foot ten, two hundred forty five pound big head Mike Tyson looking brute. He's probably stupid. He's probably smacking a rock, whatever. And then when we paid for, when we paid for, look, look, I got credit cards. She has credit cards. I got debit cards. She got debit cards. She pulled out. Because I, I make her hold the stuff. I'm on the bus all the time. I don't take all my cars with me. She has a lot of my cars on there. So it's all one money. So now they're looking to see who's going to pay. Don't you see the ring on her finger, man, that it's one money? When I work and it goes into the account, it goes into the money that she handles, that we both handle, but she's more into that more so. And I'm excellent with numbers, right? But yeah. they're, they're looking at every little thing. They looked at her little handbag like, some of the white women were, hmm, look at their hands. And we catch things on sales, y'all. It might be 75 bucks she spent for it, but maybe it went for 600 at one time. We take time and look for certain sales, and she'll treat mm-hmm. herself to something every now and then. She works two or three jobs. Come on now. We don't yeah, never have yeah. no time. Look, I work two jobs, and I'm still online, 
I'm home by myself. I'm not trying to slide up in something down the block around the corner. I get text messages and pictures. Where do you all see me on Sunday? I'm here, right? Yeah. The card came out. They they had that look, and they say, "Mm mm-hmm, she's the one paying. Black man ain't got no money. But then when she put the card in the folder, he brought it back, and then I signed it. They knew that we're together. Because I'm going to sign my name on the card because it's both our names on the account. This is how Mm. subtle. These people are watching us, right? Like mm-hmm. meerkats. Mm-hmm. You ever see the meerkats standing up and they're all looking around? They're watching us like that. Michael Jackson, smooth criminal, when he first walked in, shh, quiet before he threw the coin in. Yep. They were watching us. So when, we, when mm-hmm. I got up and pulled the table, the chair from under her, and we, yes, we tipped, and we walked out, and I looked at everybody triumphantly. They couldn't even look me in the eye because now they got a lesson just for, you'd be surprised how people can learn about you just observing certain things. Observing, see, this yep. is what we, we can't even leave the house. I'm saying it this way. I can't leave the house funky and go to Home Depot like anybody else. Now I'll do it with some paint on me. I'm working in the yard. I got to go get something real quick. It's not a fashion show. But when we go out, we, we have to be aware that because of the online things that are done and, and how these gossipy people are, the minute I go outside dirty in my front yard, I think that old skirt is smoking crack. You see what I mean? Oh, yeah, so, yeah. If you go somewhere and someone knows you and you ain't looking right, they'll take their camera out and film that. Man, know? man, we are, we are all... But I, but, I, but, I, but, I, but I want you to know something. When I made that comment, I wasn't saying... Like, oh, no, no. no. I know it wasn't no, you. I just I, had to go I, in I, on it. Yeah, for the I, yeah. What I was trying to say is that philosophy is what's golden. It's not like, okay, you, you know what, tonight I got to screw my man. Let me make sure I got the dinner. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when you get mad, you don't take away stuff from your relationship and, and, and hold it hostage to your anger. You understand? Right. I, I, it's like when you – it's like I've been in relationships before. My last relationship, man, it was some days when I just wasn't feeling what was going on in the house. I mean, one one of the daughters was just – the police would come to the house because she would do stuff in the street. And what I would feel, sometimes I just feel I came home every single night. She cannot say that one night that I didn't come home. And I didn't. I wasn't feel like it sometimes. But you know what? This is who I am, and that's what I did. I came home every single night. I never spent my money on, on other women or stuff. Now, I'm a musician, so I did go to the guitar center quite often. But, hey, I'm working. I can do that. No, but look, look, I understand that because, man, I, I'm around women a lot. I, I go videotaping. I go do little interviews. Women call me. I was supposed to be with a woman today doing mm-hmm. something very legit. She didn't call me back. This is Scarab knows that already. Even when she doesn't know. Let me tell you something. It's so tight out here that sometimes I'll go out randomly, right? I'll go out if I'm up to it on a Sunday or one day as I'm off, whatever. Sometimes I'll leave 2 o'clock in the morning, big spits. There's a bouncer in the club on top of being a bus driver. So he'll call me and like, Lance, man, we got a lot of people here doing some discussions, man. They're out in front of the club debating. You need to come down here with your camera. I might get up out the bed 2 in the morning if I'm not doing a show and go downtown. Right? There will oh, wow. be, be people that have, 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 have tried to put it out there because they saw me. Right? I might be downtown at a club or in front of it, you know what I did the Donald Trump video and, and, and uh, 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 Django was arguing with people and girls are walking by in miniskirts. 
there might be somebody I know as a passenger who I can trust or someone who I work in corrections with or someone who I know personally, and they say, Lance, you're down here, you're going back around the way? Can I get a ride with you? Sure. And they can they're dressed for the club. They might be 20 years younger. Their breasts might be spilling out. That wasn't for me, but I'm taking you home. Yes, yeah. girl, I saw them. 3 o'clock in the morning with this chick in the girl. Yeah. Exactly. So that, that don't fly in this household. Miss Skirt knows that, that that's not what I do. So we don't worry about that. But what makes us laugh is the attempts at that. Because, see, I, I know it says biblically that you don't do anything that gives the appearance of. I understand that. But you can exempt me from that because of what I do. I speak to crackheads later. That, that, that guy, the guy I did the interview with that I knew from the jail who said he performs oral sex to get crack. Just because I was interviewing him 2.30 in the morning, you, they're going to say I'm, I'm getting that from him? I didn't shun him. I'm doing, I'm doing what I do. Sometimes it's not about the chemistry. Sometimes I talk to people. I'm going to go down to the strip joint soon on the outside. I'm going to go down to the gay parliament club on the outside soon. I'm going to go everywhere. That's what I do. But people yeah. try to use that against you, and that's why I have to be on point with what I do. Because I always get the benefit of the doubt in this household because I come back and I show and prove with the work that I do. And it's just mm-hmm. sickening how people will always try to turn this thing around. And even when I reach out to folks, oh, I think you're trying to hit on you. If you think that, you ain't never going to hear from me no more. And, 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 and I've been in some very intimate-looking settings. It's like I'm going to stop and not do my mission righteously because of what somebody thinks. If you think that way, you better watch your own backyard because it ain't me because everything here is cool. I bring my money home. I bring myself home. And, and it's evident if I was doing something because I wouldn't be able to do what I do when I'm home off the camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm 54 mm-hmm. years old. I'm not cool anymore. Yeah. You're in a type of business where you're just going to be exposed to that type of yeah. thing. Yeah. And you, you're getting on a small scale with a lot mm-hmm. of these mega stars get. It's like that's why they don't hang around with a lot of people, they act funny because they've been hurt so many times. I I live a very Spartan lifestyle. I am not around with the crowds and just to be, just to be. I get along with everybody and I can be in the crowds. As a matter of fact, I can be the life of the party. I I can out, and I'm not saying outdo like it's a competition, but I can be the life of the party and bedazzle everybody, whatever, but that's not, I'm not doing it for that to get that attention just for whatever most men think that they can get. Mm-hmm. And there are women who come at me that way, not because I'm all that, but because it's a life force thing. Or they'll come at you back legitimately and get caught up in that whole production and illusion of red skirts. But I'm not doing it for that, because most men would be. Because they got a lot of men who come and say, hey, 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 hey you, you you can tell me how, how, how many you got, man. I mean, what you talking about? I mean, you know, I, I know, man, the way they're looking at you, and I know, <laughs> no, they ain't like that, man. Yeah. Trust me, you would have heard some scandal, or I would not be, my, my focus wouldn't be what I do. Yeah. I'm focused, first of all, I'm focused on home first. The yeah. stuff online is like number seven or eight on the list. And look how much I put into that. I love yeah. what I do. There's, sometimes I... Sometimes I say I'm going to do a show. Look, Nicole, I was supposed to do the show from last week or two weeks ago, remember? And 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 I right. didn't do it because other things. Look, my yeah, stepson is in the hospital. My stepson is in the hospital. You and Mrs. Scarf. Huh? 
said I knew you would um, eventually get to the topic. Um, yes, and I wanted to get you. Guys and you heard going to be all right. Yeah, he's going to be all right. Um, Tuesday he's coming out. Um, they had to change his blood, clean up his blood, and everything like that because of that nerve thing that he has, and he's fighting and everything from when he got out of the Marines. Does, but he, does he? Does he? Does he have? Is he uh, diabetic or something? No, it's it's myasthenia gravis. It's a, it's a different way of pronouncing that oh, thing. Oh my god! Yeah, my, yeah. The nerve condition. Friend, like say for example, you want to pick up a cup, and and last week it was easy to do, and now it's hard to hold and pick up, and you know the signals don't go through good, and and it's it's, it's a progressive thing, and and it's medication rare, treatment is very much rare, but there are more people that have it that realize that they have it, and. Sometimes they diagnose it as being something else. And um, like I said, you know, for him to be big and strong, big Marine, 10 years, muscular, pull out, it's hard for him, you know. And so now that stresses Mrs. Skirt a lot because she's a giver. She's really a giver. She she really, you know, she can be tough, but she's a real soft-hearted giver. And if he's feeling it and he's feeling it, and then my focus and energies, you know, are going to go to make them feel a certain way, you know, because she gives a lot. I'm going to tell you something. She gives a lot of herself to help people. Mm-hmm. It, it was almost where before we got together, people were just straight using her. And, and I, I was like, yo, you, you know, give. And I'm a giving person. Come on, y'all. I'm a giving person, right? Mm-hmm. But but I had to, I was like, yo, you really, you know, they're using you. They, and they turn around and hate you when you can't give as much the way she was giving. And she's right. still giving, but I, I had to tone that stuff down. So it hurts her when she gives so much and has given so much, and the people that she's given so much to, and I don't mean just I'm giving you money, but, 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 but the time and just to be there for people who she thought were friends or people in the church or even in her own family who don't like her and will hate her because they don't, she don't go along with the dysfunctional stuff. You understand now that's going real deep. That's everywhere, mm-hmm. but and that's mm-hmm. why I'm public enemy number one with half of them too. I say that I don't care. You feel me? But so that's the it's like why in, you're there in that home, and that's why you've been appointed to yes. be the covering for that house mm-hmm. and for that union. And and yes. when you were speaking about, you know how women sometimes pick up on those vibrations that a man is putting down in terms of him being a provider, him being a protector, him being a stand-up guy, you know, for a, a weak-minded individual, that's a sign of a quick come-up. That's what we were talking about earlier with, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that, that wedding ring, that wedding band, that marriage license, that's that's almost like a call to action for some people that don't have anything mm-hmm. to lose and don't know the value of anything, exactly. you know. Exactly. And and what you were saying, uh, pirate, about you know men being simple creatures, I, I wasn't discounting that. I just was wanting, I guess, a little more further in depth in terms of of what that means about you guys being simple creatures, because on certain levels, there are a lot of women out here that aren't high maintenance that aren't trying to keep up with the Joneses, and for most part, we could be considered, you know, simple, you know, in certain capacities as well. But there are certain areas where, like, intimacy and things like that are involved. I just know that 
for women, sometimes it's a lot harder to just lay down and give themselves to somebody freely when there are things that are troubling their spirit. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. 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 But, you know, at the same time, I guess I was saying that from a perspective of of a man's point of view, the way a man would view that. Hello? Hello? Yeah, hello? yeah it got hello, dead for here? a second. Yeah, I'm I still here. You can hear me? Yes. Uh-huh. You can hear me? Yeah. Yes. I think his phone might have went out. Pirate's gone? He's probably yeah, going to have to yeah, he's gonna call okay. back in. I just called yeah. that. Yeah, but um Crystal, I understood um what you were trying to say and I also understood what Mr. Pirate Brain was trying to say. I think he made like a general statement about, you know, men aren't complex. What I wanted to say to that, even though I understood what he said, is that um I think he has to also um be careful with um generalizing because, you know, all men aren't probably like Mr. Pirate Brain and Lance, where they've had a lot of experiences, they've grown, they've developed. It, I wouldn't even say it has to do with age. I just think it is about where you are at a person and what you're looking for and what you want out of life. And I understood right. what he was trying to say with his experience. He, he recently or maybe some time ago didn't have such a great experience um, with someone that was kind of, you know, playing games as far as, like, um, with you. I guess maybe withholding um, sex to kind of control the relationship. And when you get into those dynamics, not only with sex, if it's with money, just with, you know, the way that someone treats you, you know, that's just a sign that that's not the person for you. If you guys can't um, be. Actually, the the one that I was with that actually left me when I had my heart attack, she wasn't like that. She wasn't like a withholder and that type thing. So it wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't telling you that from this experience that affected my life so profoundly. I just, I, it's just an observation. I know of the way I think and the way a lot of other men that I've talked to think, you know. Right, it, and it, you're it, not and wrong. Was, I was given that observation, actually, so women could hear it and know, what. Well, hey, this is how we think. If there's a right. problem with us and you're trying to convince us, Taking it away is not going to help. But I would say, actually, doing it, not just sex, but I'm talking about making a man feel better, it's a way to get him to do it. Because let's say you say, for example, uh, take out the trash for me, please, okay? Your husband's watching the game, and he forget to take out the trash. And you're like, you should have took out the trash, blah, 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 look, baby. Uh, anyway, I hop in the bed and listen. No, you, didn't know. you can't even take out the trash. Well... If you use the reverse psychology and was just as loving or more loving, I, I would think me, now maybe all men are like this, I would be like, damn, I better take the trash out as soon as I get it, you know, because, you know. As soon as I bust this nut, I'm going to go take that trash out. That's yeah, right. I'm going to go take the trash out. But if, but if, if you withhold it, I'm going to say, he, he, he pissed me off, man. I ain't taking the lid, I take it out. You know, I'm not saying I would think that way. But I would probably lean more that way, whereas if you went the other way, how can I be mad at you you treat me so good? I mean, it's so easy to convince somebody 
to be the person you want to be, especially when you being the person that they want to be with and want to love. You know, you want to please the person you love. You know, that's what I would, I mean, I would. I mean, if I were a woman and I know she treats me so well, oh, man, I'm going to do everything in my life. I work for a job. Right. I'll do right. everything in my power to take care of her and make sure she's happy. You know, because all she is worried about is my happiness. How can you beat that relationship? Yeah. I mean, that's a winning relationship. And and we all gonna have bad bad times and all, but how can you beat a relationship when you with somebody that just wants to make you happy? Right. And see, the great thing about you bringing that up is that these are real things that happen in relationships that contribute to the demise of the black and um, male and female dynamic. And it was just great that Lance brought up his perspective about, you know, really trying to grow to a higher level of, you know, maybe something like, for instance, could be going on and you have to kind of get to a place where you are so intimately in touch with your partner that it is beyond sex. Like, you know, sex is maybe an after result of the sort of emotional intimacy that you guys, um, you know, uh, you guys both have. So using that, Lance using the example of him and his wife, I thought that that was great. Um, because it's, you know, it, that is what we kind of need to get back to. Like, you know, when he said, um, what he said about him and Mrs. Scurve going outside and just, um, sitting in the back in their porch area and just really, you know, taking the time to unwind and connect with each other on an intimate level. It just reminds me of like, this might sound like corny, but it kind of reminds me of the Cosby show, like the dynamic yep. that they showed between Bill and Claire. And we really have to get back to that because what we yes. see on TV and what is um, fed to us now, especially I'm a little younger than you guys, um, is mm-hmm. it's not that's not the dynamic that you see. You see couples on TV that, you know, they're married, and then you have a, a side chick that's pregnant, And, you know, really and truly, like, you know, this is reflective of things that are going on. And I don't – it's not anything to bash the men. Absolutely what you said, Mr. Pirate Brain, is correct. Like, you know, a woman shouldn't be withholding in a relationship. You know, that – sex is important, in my experience, to men from an emotional standpoint. Um, Yes, too, that is a part of emotional intimacy. So, you know, it even says it in the Bible to to not withhold from sex, I think, except for when you're fasting. So, um, yeah. you know, that is what you're, what you're saying is, is a great point. But I do think that um, it, it's you there's levels in relationships, and when you can get to a higher plane of, you know, connection, that is what's going to make your relationship stand for the test of time. Let me tell you something, yeah. too, that, um, like, like, it's the way, like, a car that has many different gears, and the way she sees me and the way I see her, and in the beginning, we didn't have as many, well, we had many gears now, but not as many as we do now, because relationships, good relationships, loving, caring, nurturing, building 
relationships, they heal you. They help to heal you. And, and, and when you see a bird that has a wing that might have been broken somewhat, the bird might be afraid when you come to it. But when you pick it up and you're gentle and, and, and you do things to support that wing and heal it up and feed it and nurture it, and then you set it free and it flies. And when it's looking down at you, it knows who you are now. So now as it flies high and the other birds are shocked, like, where were you? And you fly down by these humans now that usually might want to cook you and, you know, kill you or take a broom and, you know, throw you away. But you know who this is. So it helps you to grow and increase your range. So the intimacy for me is that I can go back like one aspect, I can go back and speak about times when I went through some hurtful times and relive it sometime and even cry and her to hold me and say, it's going to be all right. And, you know, look how far you've come. And she knows now that that's something that, that that's on me I'm healing with. And she'll help to unearth it, not to throw it in my face or use it to control me, but use it to strengthen me. And right. at times when... You know, it's like this. You know, my father-in-law, I love him to death. But sometimes in her healing, when she cries to me, sometimes I'm her father. Not that he did something to her that he can't, she can't go to him, but the role and positioning at that particular time. And then sometimes when I'm sick, she'll joke, look at you. You're nothing but a big baby. And she's giving me the tea and whatever herbs and medicine that I need. And, yes, I know I'm a grown-ass man, but at that particular point, she becomes a mother. Not like these dudes, hey, ma, and they're looking for a place to live and use somebody. But I let her use that gear at that particular time. It doesn't, it doesn't last too long because I'm a real man, right? But I let her do that. And then I understand because, you know, she's pretty much the oldest of all her brothers and sisters, and she had to help out. You know, they grew up in the country, in the hills of Jamaica. They weren't super rich. They weren't dirt poor, but there were times when they had to, she had to help out. So, you know, she needs her little girly period, meaning that, sweetheart, go in there, try on those five dresses that you got, and let me see. Wow, look at that. And, and then she'll go in the mirror and do up her hair, wrap her hair. How do you think I look, sweetie? Oh, you look so beautiful. Or And when we shop, see, it's not like I'm that dude sitting out in the middle of the mall on those little couches, little chairs, watching the young things walk by, going in there and shop. Okay, I know. I'm with her. I'm involved. In, I, I love shopping with her. I love when – I'm not no closet transvestite either. I love – I'm an artist. I love the handbags. I love the dresses. I love the little purses that she might get or the scarves and the color coordinating and what brand is this and what – and we're not – like I said, we catch things on sales. There are things, but I tell her she's so hesitant to treat herself to something. She says, sweetheart, you, you gave so much to this person who was in need last week. Do something for yourself because they, they – for, for the most, I don't think everybody's trying to use this, but I know we've been stung heavily over the years, right? Now's the time to look after yourself. There's times when she needs to be by herself. She loves yeah. to be in the garden. She knows I love it too. She got me re-hooked on that. But I know sometimes that if, if maybe 
uh, 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 she heard some news from a family member of something not going too well. She needs to be by herself because that's her, that's her church. That's her connecting to God, putting her hands in the soil and doing with me it's my artwork or doing something online or even venting and doing a show. You know, there's other things I like to do. So you got to shift in different gears and know which gear to use. So while I may see her lying face down on the bed in all her glory, <laughs> I won't say all of it on the recording, I know mm-hmm. I'm a man. But I have mm-hmm. to check her and see where she's at. How you feel, mm-hmm. sweetheart? And, and I don't, first of all, I'm not wanting anything until she's right. And it may just be an embrace. It may yeah. be where she's reliving something from the past or past violation, as many of our women have been violated when they were young, and and I can't come at her like that. She wouldn't. That's a whole re- other topic for us. Oh yeah, and, and and that's why I want to go deep in the healing of us. And yeah, mm-hmm. every now and then I'm going to do a crazy ratchet sounding show, but I want to go deep in every single aspect with surgical precision, hours and hours on one slice of something. So we make sure that it's covered and we can come back to the same topic from a different perspective. And this is what we're going to do over the years. Not well, with this show, we just, we, we talked about that already. I talked about child support eight different ways. And we're going to, we got 20 more ways to talk about and that. You got, you got to keep talking about it until. Yeah. I mean, whether it's child support or, or, or molestation or this, but there's different because everybody has their own version of it, and just like they say, right, when you have 10 kids in a family, you got 10 different childhood stories. And that's you true. know, another thing is that, that is so like true. The, the comments, for example, that is so kids, true, right, Krista? After hearing Lance and hearing Nicole and, and, and hearing Crystal, mm-hmm. I might think differently a month from now, you know, because all the things that you guys said ship in. And I might come up with a whole other thought process because we constantly evolve. Well, see, this is why it's good to use the podcasting format because, I mean, I'm 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 not nosy now, but I'm just saying if I hear something interesting, my ear perks up, and I can learn that way. You know, and, and, I mean, I mean, the trash. I, I hear trash all day now too. I, I I'm unfortunately I know what a lot of people do in their bedroom. I'm not trying to hear it when I'm on the bus. When they're on the cell phone, they 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 talking it. All right. But when I hear great conversation, and it's really because I hear a lot of decadence all day or low vibration type stuff, and I'm like, oh, God, I got to talk some sense. Let's, let's go. Let me throw a show. I don't know what I'm doing. Hey, this is the last girl show. Uh, so, so, so. And in 15 minutes, we got a few people on, and we're talking deep, and it feels so good. And I get that at home, but at that time of the night, like I said, Mrs. Skirt might be asleep. And a lot of times she's, a, she's in the room with me. But she... Hello? Hello? I think someone got cut off. Is it Lance? Lance got cut off. Pirate, you there? I don't know. This has been, been like a, a off and on thing. So, something no one. Maybe his mind through the internet. is That could be it. I don't know. I know. I know that that there was some bad weather that hit in Florida, and it oh, actually okay. knocked them. It, it knocked them off of the live uh, feed, but but mm-hmm. we were still on the phone, you know. Oh, but, okay. But it's, it's been going in and out. It's been going in and out. Mhm. 
Yeah, so when I first saw it. the thing on YouTube, I just heard Mr. Pyrebrain and Lance talking. And then, like, once it got up to, like, 30-something minutes, it's like it just went out and there was nothing. So um, I was like, uh, I wonder if this show is still on. So I called in, and then I heard you talking. I'm like, I wonder if maybe it's playing back the recording. But then I realized that you guys were still live. So mm-hmm. I'm I glad that you I'm- called in. I really enjoyed the dialogue that we had with Miss Barbara when we were all on the phone that morning. Yes, that was it really was good. It was very you know, beautiful. so crazy. I am a person that is, um, I really, I'm a person that could be really quiet. Well, most people mm-hmm. won't say that I'm really quiet. They will say that I'm talkative because that's really my natural personality. But when I'm like, I want to reflect or, you know, I just really need to focus, I can be really quiet. So it's just like, it's so interesting to hear from all of you guys and the fact that you guys are so talkative, especially Lance, because I was like, man, I thought that I am a talker. Like, I never really called <laughs> into the show. But listening to Lance talk to people, I'm like, whoa. Like, Lance can really, really, <laughs> he can really, he is a conversationalist. Yeah. Yeah, he he definitely is is working along the 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 realms of his calling because he he can he knows how to reach people, you know. Yes. And I think that's one of the great things about just the whole show and the platform is the fact that you know, like they were saying, you get to hear mm-hmm. different perspectives, and it helps especially when you're going through things in life, and mm-hmm. you you come to realize that I'm not the only person going through this. I'm not the only person that survived this. I'm not the yes. only person. You know, it 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 really connects you to to that whole being human. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. connects you to being human. You know. Yeah, and I think he's really um accomplished that um with he just seems to have the natural ability to just really relate to a lot of different people across the board like and it's just something that is just um I don't know I guess organic to him that you know people a lot of different people the show is so dynamic and it has drawn it's drawn so many people it seems like from so many different walks of life and he can just really connect with them not only from an interviewing perspective but he has a way of talking to people where he you know I guess he doesn't really know them for a long time, but it's kind of like he's known them for his whole life. That's crazy. I get I get that vibe. Like, just talking with you guys, I never met either one of y'all in person a day. I don't know y'all from a can of paint, but I feel like I've known you guys for quite some time. Yeah. You know, and and yes. it's, 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 it's almost eerie when you think about it because I – Life has taught me not to be very trusting of, of strangers and people I don't know. And like I was telling you uh, when we first started speaking, I'm not mm-hmm. from up here originally, you know. Yeah. And it, it is a culture shock when you move up north from from being down south, and everything mm-hmm. is a lot more fast paced. People are a lot more cutthroat. And I'm not saying that there aren't um, unsavory individuals down south, but it's a different dynamic when when mm-hmm. you when you're walking down the street and just something as simple as a good morning 
can get you a glance of either who are you, do I know you, or why are you speaking to me? You know, when you mm-hmm. when you you're on a mode of public transportation and you're packed on there like sardines, and and you you're pretty much touching shoulder to shoulder, but good morning is a problem. You know, yeah. so it's it's just it's it's nice to have found an adult platform to have mm-hmm. intelligent conversation, intelligent dialogue. Thought provoking, like like you said, thought provoking conversation. And when you finish, it's like, wow, you know, wow. This topic in particular mm-hmm. really, really struck a nerve with me because the only thing that I could think about was what in the world is going to ensue when this really hits and people yes. wake up. Because we have generations. Like, you know, the grandma was in on Section 8 and the mama was on Section 8. Now the, the daughter's on Section 8 and her kids. Mm-hmm. Been, like, we have generations of families that have gotten comfortable on relying on the government to provide the basic needs of clothing, water, shelter, food, you know? And right, what, right. what do you want to do when... when like Mark, uh, Malcolm X said, when the chickens finally come home to roost. And then mm-hmm. what is this going to spin off into? Because if you're taking away the controlled housing that you set up, the only other alternative is going to be population control, which means that women are not going to be able to have say-so over their bodies. Because if these people are, if, if they keep popping out children to stay on the system, then not only are they going to have to regulate the housing rules and put a time limit on that or snatch it completely, but then they're going to have to stop these women from having baby after baby after baby after baby. And then what do you do with generations of people that have impaired work ethic because they've been relying on Big Brother to take care of them? What do you do? When you're sitting here and you have made ill choices in procreating with multiple men that didn't have making you a wife a priority, didn't have being actively involved in their children's life a priority, and, you know, taxpayers are are footing the bill for your responsibility. What are you going to do when that's no longer available? You know, that's not going to make that man jump up and be something that he didn't have an intention on being to begin with. So I think what you said was very accurate. It's it's going to it's going to blow up because. Right. What? It's going to it's going to affect all of us. Um, Crystal is the way that I see it, because I can see some direct ramifications of this is um just from the different videos that I've watched on YouTube pertaining to this topic is there's going to be. Maybe women, you know, they're not skilled. I don't have any um, experience with this sort of thing. But, you know, I'm just thinking this survival um, perspective, you know, if they're going to be prostituting themselves if they need to take care of their children, or even worse than that, if, the if you know, some of these parents, they're not, people are not all there 
And if the government is not giving them what they need to take care of these children, I can see a lot of these children just being abandoned. If the father doesn't, yeah. if the mother is like, you know, not a good mother and she's worthless, I could see them just leaving the children, um, you know, and if and hopefully there's a father that could take them or do something with them, you know, that would be ideal. But in certain situations, I could see them, you know, just from what I see on the Internet, I don't know anybody personally that is in this situation, but they might just abandon them. I could see people maybe selling their children, you know. It's, it, it could be get really bad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to get out of hand. And, and the crazy thing about it is, it's a domino effect because you're taking away a person's ability to provide, yet again, the basic necessities of existence, food, clothing, shelter, at a bare minimum, okay? So now you have children that are going to end up being taken away from the only parent that they know probably, the only somewhat stable parent that they know, and they're going to be placed in foster care systems that are already overcrowded. And it's just it's just like the family unit yeah. is under attack, period. It is. Mm-hmm. It's gravely under attack. And, you know, I always say, I'm not a black and white type of person per se, but again, I can only speak that which I know. I can't tell you what it is to be a Caucasian female that has been on public assistance, but I can Mm -hmm. tell you what it is to be a black woman and have been on public assistance. I can tell you that we're not the majority that's sitting in those welfare offices getting assistance. Mm-hmm. It blew my mind. I, I went in there, I saw Hispanics, I saw white people, I saw Asians, and it blew my mind. Right, but the, the narrative that they try to paint is that it's, it's black people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the, the whole image of um, the black lady with the latest uh, cell phone and hair done, nails done, and kid unkept in there just living off the system. And, and you know, to be frankly honest, I saw and dealt with more poor white trash mm-hmm. that wasn't aspiring to do or be anything. Seriously. Because, because it, Mr. Parabrand, let me just say that um, we, we were cut off. No, I don't know how long. Is. Yeah, yeah, we got cut off because I joined you with uh, the conference line. It started cutting. You probably were both for talking, but I didn't. Nicole was smart enough to say, "Let me type this in on Facebook," and I realized it. I'm like, "Oh man, we, you know, hey, I don't know how long, but I was ranting for a while." But um, yeah. now oh, we're you back were talking. Up again. Oh, you were talking, and I thought you guys got cut off, and you were gonna, you're trying to get back in. Oh, wow. Because we were just sitting here talking like, they probably got disconnected. They'll call back. <laughs> right, right, right. I came back to the computer, and I saw the message, but thanks for doing that. Because I probably okay, will look. I think because 
Because, you know, I have all kind of ways of rigging up the calls. But I was through. here, you know. How come they, they weren't on the call? And, and no, no, no. no. See, no, so you got to understand how I have it rigged. I have the conference line. Then I have the cell phone. I called you. You're connected with me. And then I called the conference. So since I got disconnected from the conference, you and I were separate. Oh. But they're still on the conference. So they were oh. probably talking. So they didn't hear us. You know what I mean? Oh, so, okay, I got you. Cause I exactly. Because my phone got cut off. No, but that's cool because we, we made that initial connection. But you could also still, if you wanted, call the 888 number, and you'd be directly into the conference. So if I get cut off, then I know because I won't hear anybody. But since you oh, and I so were talking. you got cut off, so it wasn't me that got cut off. You got no, cut no, off. No, no, no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh, see, what happened wow. was I, yeah, yeah. But I have different ways what of you guys combining. Saying? Oh, man. <laughs> you know what, time break. I couldn't put it down like that no more. I, yeah, yeah. I was like, you missed a lot of stuff. Yo. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had to say it like that. Yeah. I, I was just telling Lance that because he was saying, man, because I was talking so much and I was saying I enjoy listening to you guys because I know what I think, but I need to listen and find out what you guys are thinking because we are all hurt individuals in, yes. in our community. And the only way that we're going to fix this is if we heal it. Because I had asked Lance before we got started, I said, do you think black people, we're going to be all right? And Lance's answer was, I don't know, not all of them. Well, no, not all. No, no, I know, but it won't be. I mean, I wish it would be, but um, all of us ain't going to make it. There's so many of us who are still attached to the oppressor in the ways of this world that that's going to be the thing that makes us doomed. Those, those of us who understand that we have to pull away from the old way of thinking and be independent and, and get on that spiritual level, we're not talking a church thing, but that spiritual level, um, and, and go back to loving each other and healing ourselves after what's been done to us, then if we don't do that, then we're doomed. And right now is not the time. No, I was just saying, what right now is not the time to run. Like when you're running up to somebody and you tap them and say, hey, 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 this is not the time for that no more. The best thing that we can do for those of us who may be going down a different path, right, is just to shine and be an example. Because when life kicks their behind, some, some will realize and say, you know what, homeboy over there, he, he's just a steady, and I know he has problems and things coming at him too, but, you know, homeboy or homegirl, you know how they talk. I need to find out or ask them or get around them. But if, 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 if life is not hitting them that hard when they wake up, but they want this, then let them have it because we will, we will forfeit our own salvation running behind people who don't want to wake up and move on. My brother, who's 11 years old, older than me, he, he's on drugs. He's been on drugs from the 60s, born to 52. From the late 60s, he was on drugs, had no reason to be on it, and, and I'm, I'm, he's like he's technically a half-brother, right? But he's my brother, and I never say that, but I just have to say that. So he resented my father. You ain't my father. I don't know. And my father tried to embrace him, but he didn't like that Jamaican man with hard work ethic. So I saw things from young that wasn't in the home, per se, because he kept that stuff out of there. Not a strong father, strong mother, but for me... The best thing I can do for him, I'm just using this as an example, the best thing I can do for him is to shine right now and let him see that I'm getting up into these age groups and I'm holding myself together. 
and he can do the same. But if I ran behind him all these years while he did heroin, while he did crack, while he did all kind of other drugs and substances and stuff, and probably one of the greatest con men, you know, two big con men in New York City right now, he can talk circles around me. He's so convincing that after all these hundreds of shows I've done, he had you thinking I'm the crackhead. That's how good he is. Educated, and he's, he's street smart, so he can be on the street, talk the street talk, and bedazzle people in the corporate boardroom without anything. See? So the best thing I can do, so I use that as a template for doing something. That's why I'm more laid back. And I have to apologize for sometimes I'll fall asleep and say I'm doing a show tomorrow and fall out or whatever, but I don't feel as bad because I know what's coming. I know the better stuff that's coming and what's in me to do. And um, for those, I don't even push it on social media as much. I cut that original Lance Skirvin page. I had this other one under a different name. I had all these different things to distribute the links to all these different people. I cut that out. I'm saving my money. I'm saying whoever want to check it out after all these years, if you don't know what I'm about, then you won't know. If you want to come, cool. You know, I'm always here for everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to run myself down trying to scream over people who have something else in their ear and they don't want to hear what I have to say. Not that I'm important like that. I have no uh, a feeling of self-importance. But anything I share, I want to share it to make a person better. And there are people who share things with me to make me better. I don't know everything. So I'm just passing down what I get. You know, I get the hand-me-down of wisdom, so I'll pass it down when I fully absorb it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, 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 a lot of us will be because we have to get to a point of saturation where we say, you know what, I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired mm-hmm. of feeling out of the loop. I'm tired of being on the bottom. You see, I speak about the oppressor all the time, but I don't live a life that honors his existence. I'm a fighter. Mm-hmm. I'm coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm positive mm-hmm. every single day, even though this thing coming at me as a black man is an alpha male, what they would call, in this country. I get it hard, especially me. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. my thing is, like I said, it's going to be something strong. It's going to be powerful, and I'm, I'm not going to give no apologies, and I'm going to be even more intense, and I don't give a damn who don't like it, and I will submit myself always to truth. If you prove to me something is the truth, I'll submit to it and say I was wrong. But up until then, what I know to be the truth right now for me, look, truth is truth is truth. A truth for Crystal and a truth for Nicole and a truth for Mr. Pirate Brain is the same truth for me. If it is truth, yours might be 5 plus 1, my, my, mine might be 3 plus 3, yours might be 7 minus 1, but we're talking 6, 6 is 6 is 6, no matter how you got there, right? So if I'm proven wrong, it's not an ego wrong. It's a wrong way. It's wrong. I need to adjust and get better. That's how I get myself better on so many fronts in this world. And, yes, I have been one in the past to make some foolish choices based on emotion in my younger years, lust, and on all this. And I learned from those things. And this is, this is why I'd rather be home quiet. Y'all don't hear no noise in the background. Talking to my brothers and sisters here on the phone, vibing on that level, than somewhere where I shouldn't be or doing something yeah. I shouldn't be doing. Yep. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 And it has that whole, that whole almost Noah's Ark vibe, you know, because when you have a <laughs> message, 
And you 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 try to reach people and they ah I ain't paying you no attention. You just talking out your neck. But when life starts kicking their behind, yes. the very person that they didn't want to hear is the very person they come running behind. But that door on that arc is closed now. I told you this train was pulling up <laughs> at the station. You should have got on board. Now it's moving. I can't stop. I'm in full stride. I'm in full stride. I you and remember. Know, it's not me who claims to know everything. No, I get on. Look, Lisa Renee got on. Look what she was saying. That's not me. That's her. I want to be immersed in truth. See what I mean? So it may have my name on it, but I'm not caught up with, yeah, I'm the one. No, I'm not. I'm a servant of the people. I'm a servant of my people, right? So so I know how to get the party started. Nicole, you still on the yeah, I'm still here. Okay, she's there. That's what I wanted to ask you. She get cut off. Just just call the 888 number. That way you'll be. I won't be able to because if my battery goes all the way down. Oh, okay. Because you had 76%. Listen, I I checked many batteries down, brother. So. Well, this phone, that's an iPhone. It used to be I could plug it in and it would be charging while I'm talking. Right. For some reason, it won't do that now. I don't know why. I started that last week. Tell me that battery. These phones yeah. are. They do that so that you will. Everything will just start. I've had an iPhone. I have an Android. It's all the same stuff. Stuff will start going wrong after a certain time so that you'll have mm-hmm. to buy new stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they make these phones <laughs> I don't understand why everything keeps malfunctioning. Hmm? What'd you say? Oh, Crystal, what were you saying? Oh, no, yeah, we, were, we were talking. Something. I wanted to, because Lance had brought up Lisa, and I remember you were in the room that night when we were having that conversation. And, mm-hmm. and I wanted to ask you, oh, my God, how did that hit you? Uh, about that, what? what when when uh, Lisa was talking about the um, the targeted... Uh, individual situation and the different different types of things. You came in on it a little late. I, I remember you came into yeah. the room. Mm-hmm. But I saw oh my, God. my phone was off, and I saw, I happened to be on YouTube, and I saw that they were live. So yes, oh, when she, how did that hit me? About um, what in particular? Just just the whole look, the whole thing hit me. I, the whole <laughs> when I say the you know, whole. Let me ask you, what are you guys uh, talking about? Well, it was a lot. Was the, but basically, she was a targeted individual, but she also spoke about how she became a healer and the different things that are out there, not just on a dietary level, but just things that are out there to, to poison us. And um, she was very clear in how she explained everything because I have to admit that for, for every one part sensible targeted individual, I got nine part nuts. That that what I will not. Individual mean? Well, a person who, either by the government or some some secret society, and it sounds like quackery, but they yeah. have, they have they, they may have had a privy position. Um, they knew something, or or they they they, they were in a position that they didn't know about. Girl. 
Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like how they Basically. probably did Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Well, they're doing that more on an individual level for like regular yes. citizens now. Right. And she, she, beyond the shadow of a doubt, you knew what she was that she, what she was saying was the truth. Because she was very yeah, open. And she, the next time we do it, oh, it's oh, going to be targeting her because she might have some information or might have a little bit of power. Well, she's a threat because she's influential and. You know, just like just think of, of the counterintelligence program, and that basically um, will explain it. But then she got into the the health aspect, not like oh eat this, eat that, but she was speaking about what they're doing to us um, in different programs and radiation and poisoning the food and all that. But she flowed in a way that was just very unique. I need, you need to listen to that show, and then you'll understand like, more. I'll look it. I'll look it up. Just like uh, in Flint, Michigan, all that that happened to the water, and now that's that's swept underground. They don't even talk about it, but they haven't fixed the water. And you got some of these people that, I, again, I go back and say white supremacists that are, are saying, well, if they just pay their water bill, they'd be off. Well, why should you pay for water that you can't even use? Well, they threaten those people now, and this is not on the news. They're threatening to take their houses. Did you know that in a lot of counties, if you don't pay your water bill, that they can take your house. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They do that. They can do that here in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not talking about because you have a water bill. I'm saying you can pay your water bill up to date and cut your water off, and they can take your house because you don't have running water in your house. Mm-hmm. Wow. And see, that's what keep tabs on people because as long as you're on the grid, and that's that's the funny thing because. You know, it's more than just being able to get off the grid because we all are American currency. The reason that we have a social security number is so that we can be kept track of because every last one of us has a dollar price on our head. Mm -hmm. So the moment somebody goes missing and goes off the grid, they have to find their collateral because they're using (laughs) us to settle debt that we didn't even incur. Yeah, and, you know? and, and and they start that. You get a debt from the day you're born. That's right. So that makes yeah. me wonder, are you considered, are you still a slave? Because imagine your slave master can come yeah. and say, you know what, we counting you as one of ours. But see, that's that's why... It, it it is so good to read, and it's not just about the whole thing about reading scripture. Because sometimes you gotta t- you gotta take everything that's written with a grain of salt. But there are certain instructions and certain things that I believe that we should heed. You know, the Bible specifically speaks of people having to separate themselves and pull themselves up and and migrate into the mountains. Okay, mm-hmm. now for us as a people, you know. It's hard to get a black person to go camping, let alone go go live up in some mountains and pull up from their Wi-Fi and their cell phone. And they, but but there's going to come a point in time where we're going to have to do that. There's going to come a point in yeah, time. Yeah, we're not going to be able to get any land up in the mountains. We we're, we're gonna, gonna have to rely on what? Doing what? Yeah, we have to rely on doing things all of the old school way. Yeah. I just you don't know, think going out, because you need money yeah. to do that. You know, 
Now, Crystal, um, to answer your question, um, I kind of heard the tail end of things, but um, what was interesting to me is just with these different people that have come on that have been targeted, kind of just seems to me that it's more of like a spiritual thing that they could be going through. Um, Mm -hmm. That was kind of my take on it. Um, Uh And what did you think, what did you um, get from it? Well, what what stuck out to me about Sister Lisa's story was Mm -hmm. I immediately zoned in on the upbringing and the abuse as a child. And so when you're abused as a child in any capacity, you're exposed to certain programming that if you don't if you don't break free from that, you'll think that it's okay to be mistreated. You think that it's okay hitting means that this person loves me. Disregarding my Okay, because I did say that in the chat about how um, being getting into being treated like this and getting targeted could probably be a side effect of being in a dysfunctional family system. Yeah, now I I, I followed the whole, like I literally followed her whole story from her upbringing as mm-hmm. a child and the abuse that was inflicted on yeah. her, and then how how the family kind of cohered together and tried to to assassinate her character and paint her out to be this crazy person. One of the worst things you can do is tarnish a person's character and credibility and make Mm -hmm. them be labeled as a person that's crazy or insane or delusional because then that discredits everything that comes out of their mouth. Exactly. Right. Okay. And you know what? Um, I completely understood where she was coming from because I did go back and listen to the first part of it and she talked about her parents kicking her and different sort of weird things Whoa. that um was happening to her. And you know what? Um that is true. I've done a lot of research on narcissism, dysfunctional family systems. I'm actually in the process of writing a book on the spirit of rejection. Um I'm not in the process. The book is basically done. I'm just, you know, it's it's in the process of being published. It will get done eventually. But um, I've come across a lot of different things just from a psychological perspective and understanding people. And it was interesting. I never heard about targeting, I think, until I started doing research on, like, um, get scapegoating black sheep. Somehow it came up in YouTube. And I think once I started listening to Lance, then I started to, at first it sounded weird, and I was like, you know, I understand people can have bad family experiences, but some of this kind of sounds crazy. But then once you are in a space where it is kind of real, it kind of depends. I think with someone being targeted, it kind of really depends on what you are supposed to be in the world. Um, if you have a wealth of knowledge, kind of like that lady does, and you have a lot to share, you know, you're insightful, you're probably spiritually in tune. I could see Mm -hmm. how something like that could happen. And that's why I really think that it is, even though it's physically happening to her, I do believe it is more of a spiritual perspective. Mm -hmm. And even to go along with the earlier, hmm? 
I said, Lance, I really kind of related to Lance um, with just a lot of the different things that he said with his experiences from listening to a lot of his different shows and just how he was talking about how, you know, people, especially when you're in the limelight, you know, he's a different type of person. Lance comes off as a stand-up dude. People try to kind of, they want to kind of throw mud on you and they want to tarnish mm-hmm. you. Because the more that mm-hmm. they do that, it will um, kind of, they, they're hoping that it will discredit what you have to say. You know, you have those adversarial forces coming after you yes. to kind of, yes. you know, dim the light that you're shining. And it's really, in in one way, it's really sickening that people have to be like that. But on the flip side of it, it they're kind of giving you free publicity. Yeah, and yeah. validation also, and validation because, yes. like I said, you know, I, I, I don't hide. First of all, I was never a mass murderer. I was never a drug dealer. But in my early 20s and late 20s and middle 20s or whatever it may be, look, I, I grew up in New York City. I was in great shape. I had the gift of gab. I wasn't some predator, but it was never a problem finding the company of a young lady slash young ladies. And and there were all kinds of situations that I was involved in. I was into bodybuilding. I was into male dancing and and that end of things and almost got into the the part where people would say movies. I had offers for that. It wasn't because I was so bad, but because in those days pre-internet, they used to scout bodybuilding gyms and people who had good bodies at the time. I saw how sick that whole world was, and I hadn't really gotten into it and explain all those experiences, and I'm going to, right? But I don't hide from that. So there are certain people who would say I had reputations, but it is what it is. But I I came up with some sense on one side that was in me, that was put in me from a young age and an awareness, and I'm glad for that because as I travel through many decadent worlds that most people will never see, there's certain things you're hearing about or people are just hearing about in 2017, I'm like, I know about that from 1981. I know about that from 1982. I did this, 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 and that. I can name drop. Listen to the show I did with Kelly Everett, the stripper who used to be the woman back in the day who said she stripped for God. Good close friend of mine. She helped me to get into those things, and she can vouch. See, so I don't name drop. I don't look for things for attention. I just put it out there, put it out there. But, yes, there are people who will say certain things. There are people who have made up stuff on me. I remember, when was, what was it? Somebody was going to say, have some gay dude say that I was gay. I'm like, are you crazy? First of all, let me tell you something. If I was gay, my personality is such that I'm like, listen, y'all, I'm gay. <laughs> I'll tell you. No, no, no. Something so far against, that never happened. Then the uh, girlfriend or two from back in the Polaroid days, I got pictures of you. I got well, if you want to show them, go ahead and show them. So what? That's what I was doing back then. It's crazy. I just wonder why the first thing that they attack with men is their sexuality. Anytime you're you dealing why. with trying to discredit a black man, the first thing well, that they try to do is emasculate That's our history. The you know, fascination with, 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 with the black organ and the insecurity of the white man, they're fascinated well, with white us. White men been doing that since the beginning of time. That's where yeah. buck, buck breaking comes from. Exactly. You know, they used to get a black man and, 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 and have uh, and sodomize him in front of his wife and kids. Right. 
Right. And what you know, after you know, a white man take you in front of your wife and kids and screw you in the butt, what, what kind of? But see, pirate brain. What what it is too is something on a spiritual level. It's it's a melanin spiritual strength thing, and they can only see this thing in the physical. So it always has to become sex or something sexual or the size of your organ. When they do illustrations of us, everything is hanging all the way. Whatever. You know, every black man ain't like that. But we well, all have, when activated properly, we have a strength that's beyond the scope and, and, and frequencies that they can pick up. They can't pick up certain frequencies on us. It's almost like when you watch the TV or your computer and the volume's down or the speaker broke, it's driving you crazy because you know some kind of talking is going on, but you can't hear it. So there's a strength that we have, and this is why they fear us around their women. And I may not even be paying them no mind, but they watch because, and this is the fascination, and I'm going to get adult right here. And I think I've talked about it before. I don't care where you live. I don't care where in the country you live. Go on Craigslist and look on the, what is it, uh, 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 the personals. And then you look at uh, up under, oh, God, what is it? I'm going to go on the computer today. Um, casual encounters. And you're going to see all these different letters on there. Uh, uh, MSM, that's male for male. Or you're going to have WMSM, woman and man for male. Go under that one because you're going to have woman for woman. You know, that's a lesbian thing about. But go to, in your area, Craigslist, wherever you live. If you find a computer now, do it. And I tell you, and I'm going to tell you what you're going to see. Nine times out of ten in America, you go under the personals, and you go under the casual encounters, and you go under W, I think it's MW or WM4, uh, a letter 4, I think, or F or 4M. Woman and man, but man. Click on that one. Look for like a piece of furniture. No, no, no. Do it. Do it. No, if you it's about a computer now, look, I'm going to go now. I'm going to go now here. And I'm going to tell you what you're going to find. You're going to find white couples. Yeah, go, go, go to Craigslist. You're in, um, you're in Texas, uh, uh, Pirate. You're in Texas, Pirate Brain, right? Uh, this this is school here. I'm teaching you something today, right? Okay. How do you know, Lance? Well, this has been around forever, no, and I, I know mean, this I stuff. Like, uh, okay, well, check it out. Okay, look, look, okay, look at personals, right? Okay, under oh, personals, you're going to see strictly platonic, women seeking women, women seeking men. No, slide on down to casual encounters. Casual okay, click encounters. That. I'll be damned. Let me see. Okay, now. Personals, and then go down to casual encounters. Now you're going to see on the top, WM, MFM. No, go to the second row. The third from the left under casual encounters. You're going to see MW for M. Let me know M, when you get there. I see, I see MW for M. M. Yeah. Okay, MW for M. Click on that, please. Now. MW for M. Okay, that, that's a couple looking for a single man. Now, oh, okay. tell me how many ads you see where they say something about BBC. That's big black cock. All right? Uh-huh. I just, and these are yeah. people. Now, tell me what's going on in your neighborhood. And they're going to say the oh, areas and stuff, the age. T- 
tell me, with go out of your neighborhood and tell me when those things were posted. The, the top ones are the most recent ones, and when you click on each one, six hours ago, seven hours ago, I need a big okay. black man to come and screw my wife. Yes. Looking for I know what I'm talking about. DBC to come over and have some drinks and act like he is an old friend from work after some drinks. Take the wife Freedom. upstairs and give her a black cock that she loves yeah. and enjoys swallowing. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. This is in your neighborhood. This is in your neighborhood. This is what I had to deal with as a well-built bodybuilding co- competitor. I won the Teenage Miss America, one of three. They had three organizations in 1982. That's the picture that used to be on my Facebook. Walking around with a 27-inch waist, huge stuff, no body fat. They used to come up to me in clubs, in the street. These men, white men would come to me. Hey, buddy, how you doing? So I thought they were faggots. And they ended up back. Hey, buddy, how you doing? You know how many, you know how many white men, you know how many white men wanted me to come home and bang their wives? And people said, oh, you're you crazy. So, so. a man, that's a shame. That's, that's a shame. That is a shame. See, see it for yourself. Nicole, did you, did, did you, you did the computer, Nicole? Are they black? Uh, no, I'm not naming it. Well, you don't have to look there, but ch- take, take my word for it. Oh, my Lord. Like women that want what? I, I believe you. And, um, we were actually talking about um, Craigslist in regards to um, this, the Section 8 cuts um, when you guys got disconnected, that's what I, I was saying, mm-hmm. that, you know, it's going to be a lot of people, they're going to probably resort to prostituting themselves mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or pot, pot or selling their kids or, you mm-hmm. know, if the mothers are worthless and the fathers can't take the kids, they're probably just going to abandon them. So it's right. going to be a lot of abused children if, you know, this is these systems aren't in in place. So let me just say, right, the fascination with black men runs deep because these are people who have had the balls to post something up, and it ties in with white guilt. <laughs> oh, man, there's so much I can tell you, tell you about this. Man, I'm not I was, I, you know what? I need to put up a GoFundMe page that says, look, if you have white guilt, here's a GoFundMe page. I'm seriously thinking about it. But, but, no, but listen, what, what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is that this is this runs so deep and has been going on for so long, not just because of the manifestation of what these people put on an ad, but look behind it, right? Not because of these people. Look, there are people going to be, I'm going to get hit on by some white man this week, all right? For that, that's so common. Go to different different states. This is what you do. If you don't believe it, go to different states of the Craigslist. Craigslist. Uh, uh, Wisconsin, Craigslist, go to Maine. Look, I don't use the N-word, but I'm saying it for joke effect. Ain't hardly no niggas in Maine. I know we're not niggas, right? I know we're black people. I'm just saying that for effect. The thing is, everywhere, but yet and still, they hate us. But they're fascinated with us because they got this guilt, they feel inadequate, and they fear us dominating. So what do they do? They give us what's supposed to be the most precious thing that they, they, they should protect. Take my wife because I'm so fearful of you dominating and you're going to get her anyway, so let me do it under my control. Don't take her when I can't control you, taking her. I'm going to give it to you under my condition. But yeah, it's that, not that, a sex that's thing. Some, that's, some, that's some sleazy shit right there. 
you know, that, people that, are that, sick. Put, that puts me in the mind frame of how black men were being auctioned off and they were this big and this buff and, you know, whatever attributes that appease to the slave master. You sitting here right. saying That's that right. you're looking for a specific type of person for this specific type of thing. And it's and, and it's it's just it's something discardable. Let me take the sick part like, of it. Like that. You just you just you just here for a moment in time for whatever you needed for to service whatever and then you on your way. There's so many men, black men, are happy to be that because the ones that are so so scarred psychologically that they want the slave master's wife so bad because he feels like that kid in front of the five and dime store on the horse he has to put the dime in and he's riding the horse. You ain't riding no horse. You ain't in position. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Excuse my God. It ain't happening like sorry. that. But but oh man. See, this is why they cannot handle a black man who can whip them on an intellectual level because you know what? They they gave up on the physical. No matter how much creatine and steroids they take, they know there's something about us that they can't whip. So they try to give us, they try to put off as though we're smarter than you. But when you show them that you're smarter than them, they get pissed off. When you show that you're bigger and stronger than them, they don't get pissed off as much because, oh, you're supposed to be that big black buck. But when you show that you can, that's why I tell a lot of them all the time. I let them hear it. Me and Spencer down there. And there was, there was a white couple walking behind us. The time, they slowed down like they were scared. And I, I said to Spence, I said, you know what? They don't understand what it is because we, we're, we're the closest thing to Superman on a physical, mental, and spiritual level that they ever see. They'll always be jacked up and intimidated. So, so, so I'm used to that. Step to the side, you feel the power. <laughs> I get like that sometimes. But they can't accept the intellectual. They can't accept that you covered most bases they don't see flaws. Nobody's perfect, but they don't see flaws. This black man, he's not out there in the street womanizing, and he's paying his bills, and he's treating his wife like a queen, and he's productive, he's charismatic and influential, and he's just a bus driver. So they should have come at you like that. Well, you're just a bus driver, you know? And yeah. I said, well, that's generating some money. But do you think Uncle Sam is getting everything of me? Well, what are you, man? Well, I'm a so-and-so in the tech world and so-and-so. So so what? You can't control your household. Your wife is cheating on you. She doesn't even respect you. You, you. you look in the mirror and don't you cuss God because you got more balls and penis. I mean, I might say something crazy. You know, I can get down too, you know. But it's not just about that. They're feeling inadequate. And they don't like when you walk with confidence and they can't figure what your confidence is. So this is why you have supervisors. Well, you want to lose your job today because so-and-so? Well, you know, I eat, I live. I'm living good anyway, but it's not based on it. And that's why they hate to see you have multiple hustles, right? Legal hustles. Mm-hmm. They want to be mm-hmm. the one to cut the power at the end of the day. So even though you're jumping on their wife, they can say, okay, that's enough. They've relieved yeah. their guilt. Let me tell you yeah, something. It gets nasty than that. It gets nasty than that because... This goes into devil worship, y'all. Not all of them that are doing that understand the spiritual ramifications of what they're doing. 
but they're getting mm-hmm. into devil worship. A lot of them are they're using your energy. This goes deep, right? Yeah. The, the orgasm is a very powerful thing. And by you having this orgasm with this man's wife, you're giving up some power to them that they can utilize. This is why with sex orgies, demonic, uh, uh, occult sex orgies, they do certain things at the moment of collective orgasm, right? I've seen people in my travels that are into S&M that brand each other in the name of some deity or another person who is their master. See, there are people who have wanted me to be their master where I go into their house and whip them in front of their wife and screw their wife. I've had all kind of offers thrown my way. But then here, here's my question on that. In terms, in terms of of the black male psyche, mm-hmm. what is it that's so appealing about the about? white woman? Where it's like it's, it's kind of, um, a matter of fact, I think Eddie Griffin made he uh, the comedian made a joke about it about the the King Kong syndrome. So I got my mm-hmm. white bitch. I got my white bitch, and he lost mm-hmm. his mind. Mm-hmm. What what? Is it something that's subconsciously rooted in the black man? Like, you know, the white yes. man pillaged his land and took his woman, so now he, he has – I don't understand. I just – I yes. don't understand what it is. Because it's, it's the same thing that causes many back in the day in the so-called hood to want to have a cell phone and rock it in front of everybody. Whatever the white man is doing and what he has, we want it because he is better. He is superior. See, those who think like that, their head is screwed up. See, they, 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 their mind is messed up from slavery. We know that narrative, so we don't have to go there. That's what it is. So to, to, to jump up and have the slave master's woman or his daughter means you've achieved. You've made it. Now I, I'm worthy now. I'm not black no more. I'm a special kind of nigga now. Because I, she wants me, but, but, but the only time she wants you, brother, is when she can get something out of you or some status or bring your money back into her community or when she's in her rebellious phase when she's trying to piss her racist daddy off. That's why it was so important that I bring that woman on who liked to screw black men because she was a tra- she's a traveling salesperson. She lives in Canada, and she comes down to the East Coast region of America all the way down to Florida, all the way up to Maine and above, and she has a fetish for picking up black men, bringing them back to the hotel room, the alleyway, the backseat of the car, and doing as many as she can, raw dog and with condoms. Listen to that one. People thought I was trying to be nasty, but I talked her talk. I didn't talk in gynecological terms, but it was an interview, and she was Mm -hmm. speaking on, you'll learn a lot. I mean, you know what it is, but... It shows you that it's there, and people don't, are not aware of this thing. These people zone out. They could be your coworker. They could be somebody in your church. There's folks I know in church, white people that they with that freaky stuff. Come bang my wife after the service. She's a church lady. Yeah, they're gone. And so when I talk this stuff and they hear it, he's telling mm-hmm. secrets, discredit him, and I can spot them a mile away. I, there was one time when um. I'm about 23 years old. I was with a bunch of friends. We were down in Greenwich Village in New York City, and I told them, because I got radar out my backside. Like a person who used to sell drugs, when they stopped selling it, they still got the radar. I said, listen, you see that woman over there? 
I said, yeah. Did that white woman over there? Now, I'm not, I've never been a white woman now, right? But I had to make an example. I said, you see him? I bet you I can go over there and talk to her, and he won't say a damn thing. And there was a couple probably in their late 40s. He looked like a corporate guy. Mm-hmm. And they were by a food stand, like a, you know, it's a restaurant, but they had a little part outside. And I was standing by the corner. It was busy. They were selling books. They had a little fair going on. And she was prim and proper. And she was always glancing my way and looking, putting her head down. And I'd look over there, and he'd look away too. He was part of that cuckold thing. You heard about cuckolding, right? Yeah, That's where you know, someone said that. What does that mean? Well, <laughs> right. that, that is when, that, that is when the, the husband is submissive, and you tell him how much of a man he's not while you're screwing his wife. Okay? Oh, wow. I hope this stuff is disgusting you because I could change it and talk about something else. No, no, I'm not No, that's just like so crazy. What are they getting out of that? Well, I usually find the humiliation, but I usually find there's a lot of guilt involved. It's a, usually a lot of men. You, you're not going to find poor white trash in mm-hmm. stuff like this because they suffer too on a certain level. It's usually a lot of privileged guilt that these people f- f- feel that manifests on a sexual level. Right? So I'm not going to give you your four acres and a mule, but I'll give you my wife. Yeah, exactly. So this is the thing, because a lot of them have their issues within the European culture. See, a lot of them don't respect their wife. They don't dig their wife. A lot of them subconsciously are into other men. Now, I'm going to show you how and why, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to share with you an experience, and I might have to cut this part out of the recording, but I'm going I'm to I'm give you all something and, and share it with you. I was at a, I was at a, I was at a, with Kelly Everett, the stripper, she's a world favorite. You can Google her. She's all over the place. She's a little nut job. She's a very nice person, but she's out there. Okay, that's another story, right? There's layers to this thing. I've lived a very fast life while living clean with no drugs and no crime, okay? And I remember everything, right? This was in August of 1984. I was 21 years old, and there was this guy who got out of prison, a Jewish guy for tax evasion, right? You know what? I'm, I want to be, I want to just tell like it is. No, I'm going to leave it recording. I'm not, what, what can people say? Um, let me just see who's on the line. <laughs> if hey, it's man, more than, you don't really work it through your head, man. No, 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 Okay, okay. No, no, we cool, we cool, we cool. We cool, no, we cool. So, um, anyway, now I'm going to, Y'all don't mind if I use, like, the language. I'm just going to take y'all there. Use the language, bro. Okay, you're, you're normal, DC young man. <laughs> okay. All right. This, 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 you're, getting, you're getting the real show now. Oh, man. All right. This guy so, is real because, man, you're you building that anticipation. No, no, no. I mean, it's, it's not a really big thing, but I, I want to go into the psychological aspects um, on what this was. And um, this is good for me because to get it out, it didn't traumatize me like that. Okay. Here I am. We we go down to 42nd Street and 7th Avenue. It's August of 1984. They got Jerry Curls. I was in real good shape. You know, I, I was always righteous, but I, I was a little wayward, too. And um, we, we go down, and, and we wait for this guy to come down and pick us up, or he was going to meet us there. And he owned several theaters on 42nd Street. This guy was a multi-multi-multi-millionaire way back then. He did a year and change for tax evasion. He was a Jewish guy who was connected to the Jewish mafia, you know, from what I heard. Kelly always told me the real deal about things. And um, also, if you buy the computer, uh, Google Kelly 
Eberts. She spelled Eberts different ways, but K-E-L-L-I-E-E-V-E-R-T-S. Kelly, not with the Y, but with the I-E, and Everett, like E-V-E-R-T-S. If, it's, if I'm spelling it wrong, it'll, it'll correct. Uh-huh. And, and, and when you hit that, hit, hit Google Images and put a lot of her pictures, but it'll pull you to a site, but I mainly want to make you see her. Right? Um, she was real close to me. We never had sex, but she this was kissed all me. So she was in her 40s, right? And will end in one minute. They said, I don't think it'll end. It, it came up as Rasa Von Werder. Is that yeah, yeah, that's her, that's her other name. Not, not okay. But, but go to the Kelly Everest. Now, for some reason, this cuts off. What's here? What's here? Listen, What's call here? me on the cell phone. Listen, Pilot. If, if, if this cuts off, and I, I don't think it will. Well, my phone, so, I only got 28% power, so. I'm okay, no, no. All right, but you want to hear this, but y'all call me on the, on my personal cell, the 470590. Is she a weight lifter? She's done bodybuilder. She's known for that, but she's not a real bodybuilder. Look, we. I'll do a personal conversation on her just alone, and you can listen to the interview. If you put in YouTube, Lanskerve Kelly Everett, it's going to pull up. We did like a two-hour interview, me and her, and she, she talks about things about me and her, but it's not lewd. It's just a light conversation, and I'm going to get her back on. Age, she? Yeah, she's got to be like close to um 70. No, no, she's got to be over yeah. 70. Because when I was like, when I was 20, she was already in her forties, and she was still lying. Then, so she could have she already had to be fifty. So, if I'm fifty something, I just say she's close to eighty to be nice. And she's still out there doing some crazy stuff. But she um no, but aside I'm from that, now at a picture of her kind of old, and she got her breast done. And... Yeah, yeah, she's crazy. She I talked to her the well, other day. She said, I strip for God. Yeah, Go she strips for God. She was on Donahue. Yeah, Tom Snyder, she's been on all the, all the major shows and stuff. And when back in them days, that's when I was running with her. You know, um, uh, more, oh, more, what's the, um, more yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you, all, I ran through some worlds, right? And so this stuff is old to me, but you people wouldn't know it. Woman back in the day, well, when she was real young, when she she did a lot of uh, posing for adult magazines, Hustler, and all the lot of little rags like that back in the seventies, late sixties. I can tell you a lot about her. She, she, she you know. She's out there. She's different, and and she always accepts me for who I am. Out, so I always like. I never come at her a certain way. She listens to some of the shows, and she's much older now, but she's still the same way. She's still having sex. She's still out there, but she, she wanted her to flee. But but she's she's out there. But let me tell you. So we meet at this uh, adult place, peep show. They sell sex toys and they play movies and stuff. That's when Times Square was sleazy. You go there now, it's different. It's all about Disney. Back then, if you want to see the Times Square that used to be, look at a taxi driver with Robert De Niro and how oh, grimy yeah. it was. That's the 42nd Street that I know growing up that I used to run down to at 13, 14, 12 years old when folks thought I was in Queens. And, and, and you know, when I got muscles at 15, I used to paint on a mustache and go and see these places. So I was already living fast and knowledgeable and doing things that, you know, like I said, I was a young kid, a little young and horny sometimes. You look at things. So I was exploring. I was bold. That's what made me separate and different from a lot of my friends. Like Carlos will tell you, my friend, that always comes on the show. He's like, Lance was crazy. We was in the neighborhood playing basketball. Lance was going out in the city, coming back 3, 4 in the morning, but I wasn't doing no drugs or nothing bad. I was just out there looking at what was out there. Anyway, um, 
the limousine comes, we jump in the limousine. We end up in Westchester County. Westchester County is a more affluent part of lower upstate, okay? Mm-hmm. And I knew the money this man had by the mansion that he, that he had back then. Put it this way. It's an abstract way of describing it, but his doors were like, the doors to each room were, were like 11, 12 feet tall. This was not a normal place, all right? You would go in this house and get lost, and it was like a long road off the side road to get up to where they lived, but it was paradise when it opened up. He had two swimming pools and a tennis court and another swimming pool in the front. It was crazy. So I'm not impressed by these things, but I was kind of in awe, like, wow, what kind of money does this guy have? And the cars, or everything worldly, right? So there was a welcoming party for him, and Kelly was going to strip for the men, and I was supposed to strip for the women. Now, I had a really good body back in that day, and I, I had no shame. You know, I still have no shame, but, I mean, I don't do those things no more. But I'm very open um, where, like, you take a model who could change and, you know, in front of anybody if it's business, I have to change for the next. And a breast are out, but she's not trying to cover it because these are my tools. This is this is when I, you know, so, so I have that mentality where right. it's no problem. You know, I, if, if somebody dared me to say run down the street naked and I'm going to give you a million dollars, well, guess what? I'm not going to work tomorrow because I'm going to get that money. And I have no shame. You know what I mean? But I, I'm not in that mentality anymore, okay? Yeah. So yeah. at this point, remember that at a very young age, me doing these things, I'm not saying that you have to do that to have confidence, no. But when you do those things on that level, you don't have the insecurities of other men your age. So therefore, even though I'm a fat old man right now, which I'm not really fat fat, but you know, I, I have a confidence because I know what it took to do certain things, and it wasn't like, oh, these guys were chasing what they think their youth should be. I don't have to do that. So I can stay home and chill and not have to prove nothing to my insecure self. You see what I mean? Yeah. So I'm sprinkling yeah. this and make it, if I'm going too slow, speed me up. If I'm going too fast, slow yeah, me I'm down. I'm hoping you get to the juice before my phone cut off. So oh, okay, I'm okay. Uh, I'm just setting the mood right now, right? I don't believe me hanging. No, 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 no. This is an exclusive screening, so we're going to do this more than the other shows. We'll keep it, like, you know, off of everything else. So, anyway, you gave, you, probably break, you gave that old nasty wine on horny laugh. You know that, right? No, 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 no. Laugh, you're going to say, hey, you know what I did? And my phone's going to go, beep, 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 beep. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah, but let, let me keep it on the psychology of the white man and how they are. So anyway, um, we arrived there, and we go to one of the swimming pools, and there's all these white folks sitting around the swimming pool, and they're not, like, young. They're not, like, you know, early 20s like me. The youngest had to be about 40, but the men were in their 70s and 60s, and the way they were groomed and the way you saw the little watches on in the cars that were around in the parking areas, you knew these were corporate dudes and the way they carried themselves, but there was also lots of cocaine and lots of marijuana Lots of drink, and I'm looking at it like, not like I want it. I'm looking like, God, dog, look, there must be a lot of money over here to have all this yeah. stuff. But I'm not into that. I'm living clean, and I'm seeing people right. sniffing and whatever, but they're cordial, they're mannerable. How are you, young man? And so and so and so. Oh, you're really going to give it to the lady today? Ha, ha, ha. You know, and I'm just laughing. I'm hanging out, whatever. And so this one white woman comes up to me, and she was sitting with her husband, but she walks up to me, 
and puts her arms around me and tries to kiss me, and I pull back. I'm like, I pushed her off. I'm like, what the heck? Right? So I'm looking at the husband like, ain't you trying to be mad or something, you know, because your wife tried to kiss me. And so he's smiling. And I'm like, okay, this is what kind of thing this is. So <laughs> I took you a minute. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Kelly is there, and Kelly is saying, Lance, I just want to tell you, please, perform for them, but don't do anything with them because they will corrupt you. There are many spirits around here. I'm like, listen, how is going? I said to myself, I wanted to say, Kelly, how are you going to tell me this when your titties are hanging out? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, somebody, somebody fell out. Is there nobody there? Oh, um, that's not me. I'm here. Where's Crystal? Make sure to check out the boldest blog at landscurve.com and follow Scurve on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube under Lance Scurve.